0: Attention, podcast listener, we've got an exciting new podcast coming just for patrons of Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 1 has begun exclusively for our
1: $5 and a patrons on the Talking Simpsons Network. That's the first 10 episodes
0: of Futurama coming to you once a week. So just sign up for $5 a month at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and you'll get Talking Futurama Season 2 and all of our limited miniseries, including the entirety of Talking Futurama Season 1. That's 30 Episodes.
1: That is Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Now, please enjoy the rest of this podcast.
2: I heartily endorse this event or product.
0: Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, home of gang warfare and dangerous infections. I'm your host, the bubbly, long necked, beak to age lover, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today.
1: Henry Gilbert, and I promise I'm not flushing springs down the toilet.
0: Who do we have on the line?
1: I'm Greg Stevens, and my natural
3: mushiness prevents choking and promotes regularity.
0: Excellent. <laughs> and today's episode is The Old Man and the Sea Student.
4: Okay, just breathe through your mouth and don't ask how they're feeling.
0: Today's episode aired on April 25th, 1999. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this day in real world history. Oh, boy, Bobby,
1: Jay Leno is the first U.S. late-night show to be broadcast in high definition. Some stuff happens in Calvine. And Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats The Rock in their return match from the WrestleMania 15 live event
0: at Backlash. Mm, That's right. So uh, Jay Leno now in the news. Yes. You know, oh he, yeah. He told Krusty don't do the flapping uh, Dicky Miso solly joke. And what's he doing now?
1: Uh, he's he's uh, performing for the Ukrainians apparently. <laughs> oh boy. Man, though, uh, yes, Col- the the Columbine massacre happened yeah. this week as well. You can go back uh, to, uh,
0: I think, Talking Futurama episode three. Uh, yes. We talk a lot about that there. We don't want to bring anyone down with another discussion of Columbine. Yes,
1: uh, but Bob has quite a Columbine story. Oh, yeah. It. And yes, that Stone Cold and Rock rematch, well, I think it's one of their best matches. Now, obviously, the WrestleMania <laughs> 17 match that's the ultimate rock uh austin match i'd say so i might say 19 but i don't think so but their backlash rematch is a very good one too that has a first person stunner in it where uh, the rock is holding one of the cameras and stone cold hits him with a stunner while he's holding the camera so you get to see what it looks like through the camera the technology was
0: there for a first person (laughs) stunner well one of the people in that fight is a podcaster and one is yes. uh, the new Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, who ultimately won? Uh, Stone Cold yeah. is on our level, Henry.
1: Well, The Rock, The Rock's on his way to being president, 100%. Oh so. yeah. 20 he'll probably defeat president bernie sanders in 2024 i bet bernie will be a one-termer and the rock will be the next he'll one.
0: be very charismatic about starving the poor
1: ah uh, then he's gonna <laughs> have his means testing will be the most uh electrifying means testing in the presidential history he's
0: gonna give the people's elbow to entitlements
1: <laughs> uh, but greg welcome to the show yes pre- thank, thank you for having me
0: so Greg is behind the amazing YouTube channel Pop Arena, and we are huge fans of his uh, Nick Nacks miniseries in which uh, Greg is going through every Nickelodeon show uh, throughout the chronology of Nickelodeon. And at this point in time, you're around uh, 1985-ish, and that's when I started becoming aware of Nickelodeon. Yep,
3: I'm just wrapping up 1985. By the time this episode goes out, I should be just, uh, no promises, but I should be done with my Nick at Night episode. Ooh. And then it's on to 19. Eighty
0: six and Double Dare. Oh wow! Yes, uh,
1: yeah. You know that's what I love. Well, as everybody knows, me and Bob love chronologically analyzing anything. It's our it's our bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so to take on Nickelodeon programming, knowing that you'd have a good two years of stuff that almost nobody remembers to like that makes it all the sweeter when you start getting to things people. Actually, have nostalgia for like Double Dare.
3: Oh yeah, I uh, I highly anticipate
0: becoming the the most famous YouTuber ever. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, if you think you know Nickelodeon, then you've never seen uh, Paparina videos on things like uh, the Reggie Jackson Sports Show and Livewire, and uh, what uh, some uh, some some city going bananas is that? What the name of it?
3: Uh, it was originally Columbia Goes Bananas, and then it became America Goes Bananas when it went yeah. national.
0: <laughs> and uh, that one
1: where they just read comic books to you? <laughs>
3: yes, video comics. They. Uh... Nickelodeon used to be owned by uh, Warner Brothers, so they had access to the DC comic library, so they just had a show
1: where people would read comic books at you.
0: <laughs> it predicted the uh, the brief, short-lived era of motion comics that we all hated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah at the age of by the end of 85 i was three which was probably when i was start my love affair with television which is just being parked in front of it hypnotically your brain was learning
0: to love brands more and than so, other humans
1: and so these are finally the content that like i have hazy recollections of these or that i watched by the time i got to six nickelodeon was a channel that was always on so reruns of things from 85 into 89 even i just have uh committed to memory so yeah these are these have all been great. I, I can't endorse the Knick Knacks series enough. Mm-hmm. We just passed uh, Thanksgiving, and your Thanksgiving, uh, you you skipped ahead and did the Thanksgiving special as well. That was really good.
3: Yeah, I do occasionally break chronology in order to talk about something a little more festive. I'm going to be uh, doing the uh, Rugrats Hanukkah special uh, in a few weeks. Ooh, so, fuck.
0: oh, awesome! Yeah, I did like. I think you did it a few years ago. You did an episode about the Wienerville Hanukkah special, which was yes, uh, I totally exact, forgot about it. the exact opposite of quality to the. Rugrats. On a commercial. <laughs> oh, come on! You don't like screaming puppets?
1: I don't like screaming puppets.
0: Uh, well, Greg, I was curious so too. What is your history
1: with The Simpsons?
3: Uh, very often on uh, when I was a kid, up until I was probably about fourteen, I didn't really have any control on the evening television. After like five or six, that's you know that's parents' TV. So. I was bound to what they would watch, and they were very sporadic uh, Simpsons watchers. They were also very cautious because there was that kind of right wing backlash. The you know the H W Bush uh, screaming at the TV deal, and they were very cautious about that. But then they actually watched it, and it was like, "This is fine. This is <laughs> what's what's the president going off about?" So I've uh, I've enjoyed it. I got especially really invested in the "Who Shot Mr. Burns" arc. Uh, I actually, uh, some I believe there was a submission thing. There yeah. was either a su- there was either a submission thing where you where you guessed who it was. Or someone lied to me about a submission thing. So I sent a letter thinking it was. Uh, for some reason, I thought Skinner. Oh, <laughs> I cannot remember my logic in that, but that's who I accused.
0: Well, unfortunately, uh, I have to break the news to you. You were lied to. Uh, the only way to enter the contest was to call. Uh, use the one eight hundred collect service. Uh, during a certain period of time, oh. and then after you made your collect call, you would be asked to uh, choose, mm. right? Is that how it worked, Henry?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know... Yeah, I'm I, remember, remembering it, Ron. Oh,
0: actually, know. they would have to have submissions legally. Yeah, uh, legally, they legally. have to let you yeah. submit
1: for free, so maybe that was the... You got to do the <laughs> secondary submission. You
0: thing. wrote uh, parent's brains on a 3 by 5 postcard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's
3: always kind of been this uh, this background element. I haven't been able to... Wasn't able to commit to The Simpsons until past its real... what. Wood- What many would consider its its uh, prime years, Uh, season ten specifically, I didn't see at all because I was uh, homeless. So, wow. uh, So I didn't have any television viewing at that time. So going back, uh, especially recently, has been kind of like a a mission to see what passed me by.
1: That's not well. I'm glad we could (laughs) uh, help with that in this episode. Wow, that's uh, that's quite a story. Story, story, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Let everything worked out. Uh, well, this uh, this episode, uh, for me, I think, actually, is kind of a messy episode. It, this feels like an episode. We we talk about them getting tired at the end of the season. This this feels like one of
0: those. It happens even in the best of seasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do want to talk about the writer of this episode, a new credited episode writer for the mm-hmm. show. So uh, Julie Thacker, who is also the, uh, the second wife of Mike Scully, he calls her the good one. <laughs> so they got married in 1999 the same year year of the show that we're in right now. So they were either newly married or about to get married, but that's when they became a husband and wife.
1: That's sweet. That's sweet. And so yeah, she had five five daughters. That's a lot of daughters. That is man. a quite quite a
0: number of daughters. But yes, they were busy. So I guess he hired her for his first season because her first episode she wrote on as a producer or co-producer was Treehouse of Horror 8. So the season 9 Treehouse of Horror. Wow. Uh, basically, she wrote through all of Mike Scully's seasons and left with him when he left the show in season and, 12. and after that, she created uh, now three shows with Mike Scully. So number one is The Pits, number two is Complete Savages, and number three is Duncanville. And I did want to highlight The Pits because I was looking at your uh, Twitter account, Greg, and I saw you talking about The Pits and it reminded me of how bizarre and uh, just very, very uh, off the show was for when it aired. Because it is a uh, very much a Get A Lifestyle sitcom, but about 10 years after Get A Lifestyle. Aired on Fox, where it's just a very high concept comedy about a family where everything bad happens to them. So it's very much a live action uh, cartoon. But I included the uh, theme song that Henry can play here just to give you a sense of what the show is about. So that's the pits.
3: Uh, What we're missing from not watching the theme song is that there's scenes of them, of this very kind of wholesome Brady Bunch full house family being chased by dinosaurs, tussling with werewolves. Uh, There's a gusher of blood hitting them. It's it's very, this was a post uh, the Brady Bunch movie. And I think there was this kind of desire to recontextualize this really old sitcom formula, which The Simpsons kind of is. I I did not mention in my Dennis the Menace episode of Knickknacks that Matt Groening hated Dennis the Menace (laughs) and made Bart Simpson as kind of a response to how not menacing Dennis the Menace is. But yeah, there was this kind of this desire to recontextualize sitcoms in this very absurd way, which was already kind of old hat by time 2003 came around.
0: Mm-hmm. It really was. And it's just, uh, it was weird to see this show because what you're not seeing, is they get chased by dinosaurs in the opening, uh, theme song. And also a lot of other things happen to them. Like, you know how, like in a sitcom when they're showing off the characters in an old fashioned sitcom opening, they'll get, you get like a little shot, like opening a door and saying, hi, well, in this one, the mom is bitten in the neck by a cobra. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and again, like the song had the word, uh, the phrase open sores in it. So oh. not, not the best show to be like a post nine 11. Let's all chill out show. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, seven episodes were made, five of them aired. I remember, I, I really want to rewatch it again. I'm not sure how great it is. And I do want to talk to Mike Scully about it because we've interviewed him twice now. But uh, I remember in 2003, Mike Scully was still like public enemy number one for Simpsons fans because the common uh, theory was like, well, he ruined the Simpsons. Mm. And then also Futurama was canceled in 2003. So anything that came on Fox in 2003, the, the refrain was, they canceled Futurama for this? So that's exactly how I thought about The Pits. So I did hate watch The Pits. All of it that aired, I remember none of it. Wow. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's not awful. It's not great. It's okay,
1: B minus.
0: And you can see um, there's a young Lizzie Kaplan playing the daughter. Yeah, that's what
1: I was shocked seeing that in there and also like Dylan Baker this uh great character actor who's been in a billion things like him being the lead in anything is surprising to see like I I like I love when character actors get a lead role in something but uh uh no I was completely disengaged from Fox Mm. programming in 2003 so I totally missed this I probably would have made time if this had come out in like 98 I would have just watched it but uh yeah I was I was uh Not making time for it then. The
3: Pits is heads and shoulders better than the other show, Complete Savages, which is just a bunch, was uh, produced by Mel Gibson.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Mike Scully and Mel Gibson are the best of buddies now in current times. I would
1: hope
3: not. It's it's just wall-to-wall man jokes. Jokes about women are like this and men are like that,
1: and it's awful. Mm. I mean, it was a big deal at the time to get Mel Gibson to produce and even make cameo appearances in a TV show. That's right. He was, did show
0: up a few times. It was
1: a big he was kind of their Troy McClure on the show, I believe, as Scully explained it. Mm. Like he'd he'd host their videos and whatnot, but as a different character, not as Mel Gibson.
3: Speaking of the Mike Scully backlash, uh Julie Thacker getting on the show did not help that mm. because uh I went through like old Usenet boards and some old Simpsons fan forums that are archived. And uh, there were more than one accusations of nepotism Mm, uh, because Brian Scully, uh, Mike Scully's brother, also got in on the show. So that's true. a lot of conspiracy theories going around about that.
0: I think I would make the same posts, uh, when I was a teenager or at mm-hmm. least agree with them. But now that I've grown up and I've entered the working world, it's just like, well, everyone just hires their friends. That's just yeah, how every business like, works. It's not a meritocracy at all. It's just like, <laughs> and, uh, Julie Thacker's talented and everything, but I understand how the world works now. It's like, well, uh, this woman I know is really funny. Maybe I'm also dating her, but yeah, come on the show and write. My brother's really funny. He can write for the mm-hmm. show too. Like you see these opportunities and you want to give them the people that you love
1: well and if it's somebody you're going to be working with all day you'd want to work with somebody you like but yeah i mean i I think that kind of thing is easier to identify when it is like a familial or marriage relationship but it's like if simpsons fans wanted to complain about favoritism every single right like the majority of writers in the first four seasons were roommates with each other in harvard so it's like they're all
0: from the same family that's the harvard lampoon so yeah yeah,
3: it's not what you
1: know it's who you know exactly which like you know when you accept that in entertainment then you can just go like well this was good in spite of this or it was bad because colin jost is just like a harvard lampoon douche who hires his friends to write bad comedy for snl (laughs) you can say both of those things like uh, it's uh, I guess really it's about which year of The Lampoon had funnier writers and which had a worse crop of them, since The Lampoon will control all of comedy.
0: I do have a few more things about The Pits before we continue because oh it's just God. fascinating, <laughs> this whole pit story. So again, seven episodes uh, produced, five aired. I don't know if the wow. two that are lost or anywhere right now. but uh, You can find all seven oh. on, on YouTube right now. Okay, awesome. So you can watch them all. Uh, just let me know how you, what you guys think about them. I want to know if they're worth watching. But okay. So also, in 2007, I read that uh, they were kicking around the idea of making The Pits an animated show on Fox. They produced a pilot which I could not find online but the pilot did not get picked up for 2008 uh, season. So there you have it and of course uh, Mike Scully and Julie Thacker are now co-creators of the upcoming Duncanville which Mike Scully talked about on our most recent interview with him and that'll be airing I believe in February Mm -hmm. with uh, co-produced with uh, Amy Poehler.
1: Yeah and she's one of the co-stars with Rashida Jones uh, where they play one of them plays a boy one plays a girl and and uh, they have a crush on them, as as uh, Scully put it. If you're a Parks and Rec fan who wanted to see Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones get together, you'll finally be able to uh-huh. on Duncanville. Uh, i i wish them nothing but the best in their new show And yeah i think i mean julie thacker too getting uh yeah i mean it's it's weird to have uh the the showrunner's wife be a writer on the show it does seem like favoritism but
0: yeah i don't know what the timeline is like did they were they dating before that Did they meet through the show but i mean uh my current girlfriend works for us in a way so who am i to judge
1: no i it's easy they're always with you and you're especially when you're job takes up so much of your life it's easy to just intermingle those things uh and i think too like probably julie thacker was the one woman in the writer's room in those days anyway so if she wasn't there it would have been entirely a boys club instead Mm. of just a boys club with one wife <laughs> included. Um, but
0: yeah, but the story for this episode was inspired by a real oh life yeah. occurrence in the Scully's life where basically their school required their children to do volunteer work in order to meet certain credentials. And the Scully girls had to volunteer at a nursing home mm-hmm. uh, that she, the Julie remembers Mike not being there for any of it.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love she's... Taking him to task on the commentary of just like, uh, if you'd have attended these, Mike, you'd know that this was really hard to do
0: and uh, I had to do all of it. So, yeah, a lot of the jokes near come from her experience of being in a nursing home. Uh, the one funny anecdote I remember is her saying, the joke in this episode is that the prize for winning bingo is a banana. In her real life uh, experience, it was half a banana. That was the prize <laughs> in bingo. That's cute. Only half a banana.
1: These poor moms of the 90s, like my mom, just tasked with, on top of a job and uh, taking care of the home, if your kids have an after-school project, you must be their escort. Like, God. uh. As a kid, I remembered being mad if a parent didn't see me do something or whatever. (laughs) And now I look back on it just like, they were busy. It's hard. I wouldn't want to watch a kid do anything, ever.
0: Oh, yeah. The other funny thing I remember is Julie saying uh, the old people loved young skin and oh, touching yes. young skin
1: that uh, that's added it horrifying yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and also this uh, episode was inspired by the uh the 1998 scandal of the salt lake city olympics uh, oh
0: you're right yeah
1: as uh, now the olympics have been full of bribery and greed and a lot of back dealing long before 1998 but i think at least for americans this was when it was exposed to us that such things went on because in 1998 salt lake city got uh the olympics that well i believe it was going to be for o2 they get the o2 olympics and a lot of people were saying like why the fuck would anybody go to salt lake city let alone the olympics and uh, as usa today put it in their retrospective back in 1998 accusations were made that various cities hoping to host future Olympic Games bribe numerous IOC members with all kinds of gifts, including cash, cosmetic surgery, trips to Disneyland, and proving that no bad idea goes completely out of style, college scholarships for IOC members' uh-huh. children. <laughs> So it exposed a ton of bribery. So you can see why when they're writing this, probably in mid to late 1998, they're all thinking of, well, what if Springfield had to bribe people like Salt Lake City did for the Olympic Committee? So that's, that's why we get all this Olympic stuff in there. And there was uh, apparently just uh, in 2016, uh, the Olympic advisor for the Japanese uh, 2020 Olympics, he resigned when he got caught in a big time bribery scandal of like hiring Olympic committee children to uh, to fake jobs for just big time money.
0: And the, the Olympics uh, destroys whatever it touches, pretty much whatever city it touches. Yeah, It's
1: yeah, uh, Springfield would not survive hosting the Olympics. <laughs> It would, I, it would tear it to pieces.
3: I actually have some statistics here, if you'd like. Ooh, oh, go man. for it. Uh, the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, uh, went $10 billion over budget, uh, an estimated budget $3 billion, but went to $13 billion. Brazil ended the Olympics in its deepest recession since the 1930s and was forced to cut funding to schools, hospitals, oh, and police.
5: Man. The
3: 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia, went $38 billion over budget. Uh, 12 billion estimate versus 50 billion actual. Wow. The 2006 Winter Olympics in Turin, Italy, uh, was funded by a scratch off lottery game and uh, lost an estimated $3.2 million. And the 2004 Summer Olympics in Athens, Greece, uh, has become the poster child of Olympics ruining an economy, Uh though. If you actually get into the weeds on that, that's not entirely fair, but it is a longstanding pop culture idea that the Olympics ruined Greece.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Friends of the Show, uh, the Citations Needed podcast, yeah. has a really good episode about the, how the Olympics is a huge scam that just ruins whatever it touches.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, c- cities spend tons of money for the honor of getting the Olympics, thinking it'll be, put them on the map, and instead, they end up getting uh, like really screwed over. Same with the World Cup. The World Cup yeah. also
0: destroys places.
1: It might even be more evil than the Olympics.
0: Possibly. I have one more thing to mention up top here, where uh, this this whole episode they don't really touch upon it on the commentary this whole episode is sort of a soft one flew over the cuckoo's Nest parody where bart is very much the Jack Nicholson character instead of being the uh, the sane person in the world of the insane mm. he is the young person in the world of the old forced to be with them and trying to change them and it's sort of uh it is a parody if Cuckoo's Nest ended on that scene with Jack Nicholson taking them out on the boat instead of just like one episode of him having fun with the uh, the uh, asylum yeah. people the boat thing. Yeah. yeah but yeah of course um, I thought I was so clever when I was watching like oh that's Nurse Ratchet, but then the Native American guy shows up and throws the drinking (laughs) fountain through the window. So uh, I wasn't so clever.
3: One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was my first movie that I claimed was my favorite movie in order to impress adults. Mm. What's your favorite movie? Instead of saying Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I said, oh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: And I think Godfather was my first of that poserism as a child. I was probably like,
0: "Uh, Vertigo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh I watched One Flow over the Cuckoo's Nest because there were just so many references to it in Classic Simpsons that I had to make sense of them. And I don't think I really fully understood like the uh the tragic suicide at the end of that film mm. in my childhood.
0: Assisted suicide.
1: Yeah, I think that's an issue why I think this one is messy, is that it can't fully commit to even the one flow over the cuckoo's nest thing because they also bring in the idea that Bart has a misconception about what old people should act like and he wants them to act. Act like on tv so it's like well is that the idea or is it or is it a cuckoo's nest parody like it kind of it mixes too many things with not enough time either it all feels kind of rushed
3: it doesn't transition smoothly mm-hmm. and you, you really can't feel the point a to point b to point c in this if you fall asleep in the first minute of the show and wake up at the last minute of the show you cannot possibly guess <laughs> it's true how- two points got together.
0: And it doesn't help that they had already done better Cuckoo's Nest parodies in the past, including with the mm-hmm. Chief. Because like it's about time somebody reached out to me when they asked him if he wants any gum. And also the scene from the clip show where Barney tries to kill Homer and then throws the drinking thing through the window and escapes that way. Oh yeah. He really needs a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get a third one of those
1: jokes, there's a few, we say it every time in this, a lot in this season, there's several times it's like, well, they kind of did that joke before. They've kind of done that joke twice <laughs> before
0: although i did laugh like a huge gut laugh when the chief throws it back through the window and for the act break of the second act and scares lisa yeah
6: the simpsons will be right back
1: We hope this week's episode of Talking Simpsons didn't leave you hungry for taquitos. But a big thank you to our guest, Greg, from the channel Pop Arena. If you guys enjoy Talking Simpsons, you really should check out all of his knickknacks videos. They are really, really good. Thank you so much, Greg, for your time. And please, if you're a fan of this podcast, did you know that you could hear next week's episode a week ahead of time and ad-free? Did you know you could also do that for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we cover a different animated series each week? The only way you can do that if you sign up at the $5 level at patreon.com talkingsimpsons Talking Simpsons. Folks who sign up there and support me and Bob doing this full-time not only get access to every episode of this and What a Cartoon a week ahead of time and ad-free, but you also get to listen to all of our exclusive to Patreon podcasts. That means mini-series where we cover every episode of The Critic, the first season of King of the Hill, and right now, Talking Futurama, where we have done the first season and we're getting into the second season. You can only hear those if you are a $5 and up subscriber at patreon.com slash Talking Simpson. And there's tons more exclusives you'll find if you dig in there. So please check all that out. But if you want something as luxurious as an entire banana, then you need to sign up at the $10 level. You get all that stuff I just talked about for the $5 folks. Plus our exclusive What a Cartoon Movie podcast where we talk about a different animated feature film once a month. Last month, we talked about Toy Story. For over four hours, we went deep into the history of Pixar's original film. And we've done 12 more on top of that. You can hear us talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider, verse akira tiny tune adventures how i spent my vacation the nightmare before christmas and so 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 many more and if you sign up in december you'll get to hear our one for this month which is the iron giant i think you're gonna enjoy it over 40 hours of exclusive podcast content if you're a 10 dollars subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpson Uh, So the episode opens at the International Olympic Committee. Uh, We get to see that they change up the logo so it's not interlocking rings because... They are very litigious yeah, at the Olympics.
0: Even their parody of Izzy, the Atlanta Olympics mascot, does not have different colored rings on him. It's all mm. the same color.
1: Oh, I have a lot to say about Izzy. But, uh, but what we'll, is Izzy? <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute. But let's hear the opening as the Olympics come to Springfield.
4: You are all crazy. The answer is Buenos Aires. Hokkaido. New England.
6: People, people, please. You are forgetting what the Olympics are all about. Giving out medals of beautiful gold. social so silver. And shameful
5: bronze
6: I have here A letter from a little girl Named Lisa Simpson She says her town might not be Important enough to host the Olympics But she asks if the torch Could just pass by So she can experience The glow that we feel Every day Well, I say we don't bring her The torch I say we bring her the Olympic Games Who is with me? Well, I don't care. It's my decision.
1: <laughs> I forgot they even
0: added a cricket chirp there. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, yeah, so the outside sign says, uh, now with Myanmar. And that was a new uh, Southeast Asian nation as of 97. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. That's,
1: a good jo- that's a good joke.
3: Interesting coincidence. The day this aired, April 25th, 1999, the sixth president of the International Olympic Committee, Michael Morris, uh, died.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. mysteriously or just a heart attack <laughs> no
1: just just from being 84 years
0: old oh that'll but. do it <laughs>
1: yeah
0: that uh, sounds like
1: a conspiracy to me that's a
0: common cause of death being 84
1: <laughs> this bit here though this opening it feels like them just redoing the model un jokes they did for das bus like, yeah everybody looks like they're out a small world
0: i i was uh, conf- i was conflating a lot of the jokes like i thought the polish jokes were in this episode uh, yes. from uh das bus
1: as we know from the real UN, people don't dress like their country when they go to work. They all just wear business suits. I think they
0: should dress like their country.
1: <laughs> uh, they should make the French guys wear berets. They have to. I, I like when the French guy throws the wine in him. Seemingly, the IOC chief had wine <laughs> on his of his own to throw back in his face. They
0: yeah, prepare when there were Frenchmen around?
1: And uh, the the rubles joke. 1998 did see a uh, straight a strong inflation of the ruble. Uh, it wasn't worth 1,000 rubles, though. At the time, in 99, when this episode aired, a dollar would get you 24 rubles, as opposed to six rubles, which is its worth at the start of 1998. Uh, and that, Mo- that Mongolian joke, not so great. Uh, not the master best.
0: of accents, Hank Azaria. Yeah, oh, yeah, Who was very nice to us, by the way. Very nice
1: guy, great guy. Don't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to make fun of him.
0: His take on Mongolian was uh, interesting?
1: Sure, yeah. And uh, though I do like the joke that being the third best in the world and getting bronze should should definitely be an honor. But everybody treats it like shit. Like if you're you no one has a parade for a bronze medalist.
0: They should make it a more valuable medal third Mm. place. A more valuable.
3: You're the third fastest person in the world whatever Uh,
0: here's a brown medal (laughs) yeah
1: fuck off like yeah i i especially i i especially think in america it's like gold or go home we don't we don't and probably in other countries too but we we definitely only care about gold this letter that lisa wrote for the olympics uh it does remind me of uh, as a child living through olympic bidding fever Ah,
0: oh right you were close to it
1: Yes, in 1990, my family lived in a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Marietta, and we got to live through the Olympic fever, like they were pushing so hard to get the Olympics. And I remember in September 1990, finding out, seeing the, the clip a million times over of the Olympics goes to the city of Atlanta. Yay! Cheers.
0: And now Atlanta Olympics are back in the news with that Richard Jewell movie, right? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, the the Richard Jewell film. I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one just because uh, I I lived it, man. Uh, and you know, hey Clint Eastwood. He makes a one out of ten films uh, is still pretty good
0: these years. That's one of his. Oh yeah, oh, come,
1: come on. I, of course it is. Like it's why well, it's about how the government uh, overreaches and does too much and uh, hurt an innocent white man. <laughs> uh, oh, and it's about how the media also. If you're if the trailer is to go by, it's the media going like it's a big fat white guy.
0: Let's take him down. I'm looking forward <laughs> to when he's still directing at 103 and his brain doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so he's just making outsider art at that point. <laughs>
1: Starring lots of people.
0: It's like he's just filming the characters' feet. It's amazing. It's
1: a field of empty chairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the to be yelled at. Uh, so yes, the, uh, though unfortunately we didn't live in Atlanta. By '96 we moved, we moved out. We moved out to Jacksonville. Got to
0: escape that Olympics fever.
1: Yeah, sadly. But uh, but I was also there for uh, for another part of the Olympic fever. What's it? The uh. Uh, the debut of what's it? So. Uh, He was revealed at the end of the 92 Olympics. I was still living in Georgia at the time, and so we were all glued to it because... Uh, as you know, at the end of every Olympics, they do a ceremonial, at the closing ceremonies, they do a ceremonial handoff to the next city that's going to have it.
0: That's how we learned about like uh, didn't like the Prime Minister of Japan come out of a green pipe or something yep, like Shinsuori that? Shinzo yeah. Abe
1: came out of a green pipe, and when everybody was sharing it, people who actually know Japanese politics say like, you don't celebrate this guy, he's the fucking Trump of Japan! Like, Shinzo Abe sucks! But uh, it wasn't cute to see him in that pipe. You know? I, I applauded. I don't need to know international <laughs> but uh but yes at the 1992 games it ends with everybody waiting at least in atlanta to see what our mascots gonna be and it is a blue glob of toothpaste with a bunch of rings on them called originally what is it and uh i liked it i was a dumb kid i was eight years old i thought or 10 i thought he was cool
0: it looks like a brazilian cartoon character
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i had a can of coke that was the inaugural what? what is it reveal can of coke and I kept it for the longest time just to see see Izzy on my bookshelf every day but uh, a, the, adults hated him
0: and the rings are represented on his body right? Yes,
1: yeah, he's got three rings on his tail and two on his eyeballs.
0: Disgusting <laughs> uh,
1: Is they He was widely rejected by adults, everybody in Atlanta hated what is it and uh, he was retooled a lot over the next three years until by I believe it's at the start of '95, he is officially reintroduced as Izzy. So when they bring up, was it the what's it in here? That's his original design. Oh, okay. By '96, by he was Izzy, uh, a slightly more palatable glob of
0: what face. is he?
3: <laughs> there was a television special, Izzy's Quest for Olympic Gold, uh, which is now considered lost media, and I believe Rob Paulson voiced it izzy
0: wow yeah and there's also a platforming game izzy's quest for the olympic rings
1: i uh, i was gonna ask you about that lost media greg because you're you're better at uh finding those things is it truly really, nobody taped it off tv back in 95
3: mm. i'll never say nobody there's we, we're still finding plenty of stuff that's you know someone records it don't know what they have put it in a closet for decades mm. so it's very very possible especially since this was a special event tied to the Olympics that this will eventually show up. But uh, as of right now, as of this recording, uh, no known footage is available. We have some animation cells uh, and uh, firsthand accounts. But uh, as of right now, it is nowhere to be found.
1: Somebody needs to fly down to Atlanta and start knocking on the doors of old grandmas and grandpas and see if they've got the tapes of it in there. I, I think that's where you're gonna find it.
3: Say what you will about Izzy is a very stupid he reminds me of for some reason he reminds me of Bubsy. Maybe it's the Ron Paulson connection, but he
1: Oh
3: yeah. He's he's that kind of he's that kind of character. If he, you said he originated in the video game as a character platformer, I'd believe you.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're both in bad video games, so uh, it makes sense. Say what you want. Can you guys name any other Olympics mascots? Ooh. Is there a good one? There's got to be a good one for uh, Tokyo because Japan, they do mascots better than anybody.
3: You know, I haven't seen it though. But yeah, it's weird when they're doing the the news broadcast that they bring up, uh, what's it? And it's just, it's very clearly Izzy, you know, Mm. it's, and, but then they say the Montreal Vampire, which was not a thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. that one I fact check. Uh, the, yep. he, the Montreal one for uh, 1984 for their Winter Olympics was uh, a- Ackham. But uh, or, or sorry, Amic a uh, a black blob with a rainbow on it. That's apparently supposed to be a beaver. That's yeah.
0: uh, the, uh, the the J- the the uh, Japan ones don't look too bad. I'm looking at them now. They look just look like uh, kind of Digimon ish. Okay. Yeah, they could be better, but uh, they're not bad.
3: Nobody can name any other mascot so love izzy hate izzy at least you know who izzy is
1: <laughs> that's true salt nobody remembers the salt lake city one even if it's just uh it's you're a, trying to remember the american one just the
0: mormon guy right <laughs> <laughs> a,
1: a friendly smiling mormon <laughs> with uh, no it should be a golden plate that should what Oh be. yeah <laughs> uh, <Platey. laughs> uh and yeah that the izzy thing was even animated by film roman who wow. was handling simpsons animation at this time so maybe maybe somebody who worked on the What's It animated that, uh, Drew Izzy in that scene. There, there
0: ought to be some crossover, like even overseas.
1: You know, maybe Phil Roman just has, like, he's got to have a master of it in his uh, in his home somewhere. We're going to
0: demand it. <laughs> Use the power of our show. <laughs> Dig out your tapes, your 1996 tapes? 95. 95, 95 tapes. Find it, please.
1: Uh, But yes, the Springfield news is excited about the Olympics.
2: Springfield
6: was shocked today to learn it will host the next Olympics. Economists predict our city will experience the same boom that Sarajevo enjoyed Mm -hmm. after the 1984 Games.
4: And it's all because of your letter, Lisa. Well, actually, I just wrote it for a school assignment. Everyone else wrote to the Backstreet Boys. To honor
6: the arrival of our foreign friends and enemies, Channel (laughs) 6 is sponsoring a contest to find a Springfield Olympic mascot. The winner will join such other memorable mascots as the Atlanta What's It and the Montreal
2: Vampire. (laughs) A mascot contest? I'm sure to win that. Unless one of you jinxes me.
4: No one's gonna jinx you, Homer. In fact, we're rooting for you.
2: Yeah, go for the gold, Dad.
0: Shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, I did enjoy that picture of the Montreal vampire.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a buff vampire which again there's no but why would Montreal have a vampire? What associates vampires with Montreal? Those it's, are the
0: nineteen seventy six Summer Olympics, by the way.
1: Ah, okay. <clears throat> One other thing I love about Izzy, before, is that I think his first presentation it was also like in CG, so it was like 1992. It's early computer graphics, but they think it looks really good, but it looks like shit. Like that's another reason he looks like a polygon as well, and he has Mm. all these like lack of characteristics. I think very
0: round, very.
1: They they slimmed him down when he became Izzy. The Izzy that appeared. in that lost media, he is a much more uh, nimble character, and uh, which which fits his activity, his active lifestyle as an Olympian. Uh, it made me feel old hearing Lisa say "Backstreet Boys." I don't mm. like it. I don't. She. It. It just makes me sad to think of uh, the girl from 1990 now talking about her school chums writing letters to the. Backstreet Boys. They're
0: all Boys. Uh, probably performing on cruise ships now, right? Is that the, that's where <laughs> that's where uh, people of our generation go to see the bands they used to like.
1: I know the Backstreet Boys uh, a few years ago did a tour with the new kids on the block it was a it was a combo tour for uh, for oldies to see for old uh, children to see them perform together and uh, yeah so Homer I like Homer apparently thinks the entire family's out to get him and uh, wish ill on him Uh, so he first presents a thing that clearly killed their cat snowball like if you're going to encase a cat in paper mache including covering its mouth that cat is dead
0: it was healthy enough. I guess I could breathe through the eye holes I get it hissed at Homer afterwards
1: how did it even stay still
3: for that long very cooperative while it it hardened
0: I'm gonna say uh, cat drugs
1: uh, And Le- I do like that Lisa calls her my cat which is like they kind of waffle on that from time to time of like is it the family's cat or is it Lisa's cat like I think in future ones, when they'll do Snowball-specific stories, the rare times that happens, she's identified as Lisa's.
0: Yeah, I think Snowball gets about one joke per season. Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like it's a few more seasons until they do the episode where they kill Snowball off Mm. and uh, eventually replace her. Yes, Homer then, knowing... I like that Homer knows how comedy works, and he's like, Well, knowing that you hated my first idea, here's my second in this next clip.
2: Well, you said I couldn't do it, but here it is. Meet Abby, the Olympic tabby. How'd you get the eyes to move?
4: (laughs) Uh, You paper mache my cat?
2: Just for the prototype, honey. (laughs) Knowing you always ate my first idea, I (laughs) prepared a backup. How about a big Olympic hello for Springy, the
4: Springfield Spring? Those aren't the dog's eyes, are they?
2: Hey, that's cute. Good work, Dad. It's fun for the whole family. And the ends are razor sharp to protect our nation and its (laughs) interests. Ow!
1: God bless America.
0: Uh, so that's going to be a lot of uh, <laughs> springs coming up in eyeballs soon.
1: Boy, this is—they uh, were most interested in the springs because of the pain they can inflict. I think. I I like that Homer takes the razor sharpness as a way to talk about the um like the militarism of America. I huh. guess. <laughs> like, uh, and there's there's two jokes in this episode about pricking a boy's finger with something. Oh,
0: you're right, yeah. Except uh, Bart did not get the dangerous infection, so... That's true, and they can didn't assume. even draw
1: blood on him. Like, well, what a cop-out. But, yeah, the, the Springfield Spring... Uh, very out of nowhere. I do like on the commentary they use that as an excuse to talk about how they design. They were designing characters or things at that time through kind of Ron Hauge working as the middleman in the writers room.
0: Yeah, in case you forgot, he uh, came from Ren and Stimpy. Ron Howge. He was a writer on Ren and Stimpy who did like some. Uh, he wasn't like a, a border or like a layout guy or anything like that, but his art skills did lend to the writing of that show. So he was on hand to sort of interpret what the writers were saying for the artists. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, that uh, if I were the artist on the show, I would love having to finally have an animator in the room who could say like well this is how to actually express this or that actually is really hard to animate i think i think the writers maybe listen more to another of their group than when an animator tells them that's really hard (laughs) it's great on the commentary where mark kirkland even says uh is asked what's the hardest to draw he's like uh mobs they're really hard to draw then they say well we do that every episode don't they and the kirkland's like Yep. You sure do. You sure do. <laughs>
0: it's not an episode without a mob.
1: This one doesn't have a mob, but it does have a giant crowd on a sinking ship. Yeah, so. it has a,
0: a, a smaller mob of elderly people.
1: <laughs> Springy's not
0: the best design, but is it any worse than What's It? I, I don't think so. Uh, not really. It's a very much a, like a rare uh, video game design. By rare, I mean the company rare. Oh, yes. It's like yes,
1: put eyeballs
0: yeah. on an existing thing <laughs> and you have uh, life. Sort of like Forky from Toy Story 4.
1: Oh, yes. everybody. kind of how they're doing Pokemon these days.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm looking around the room. Uh, how about a lamp Pokemon? Yeah.
1: Like they've done a lot of Pokemon designs. It's hard. They got to give them a break. All right. And everyone
0: <laughs> better appear in the next game or I'm going to uh, revolt.
1: So then there's a... They do the classic, you know, newspaper gag uh, saying the pickpockets are coming in from out of town to help with the arrival of the Olympic <laughs> Committee. But... Then there's a very uncharacteristic Simpsons editing style move of like they instead of like fading or just hard cutting the newspaper like move slides left as yeah. the re- next scene slides in. I, I
0: think it's a, it's definitely like a video effect. It's not done in animation but I think they just thought they could make it look cool because as it's sliding over someone's pushing the broom so the mm-hmm. broom is almost like pushing the uh, the newspaper away you know. Mm-hmm. big newspaper uh, image away but yeah you don't see something like that that often
1: in this in this next bit of stuff it's just a bunch of silly jokes about how they're changing the city the uh lap dancing into lapland dancing not the funniest especially because it should be something you write around the letters lap instead it's like it just completely rearranges the letters they shift it to the left yeah uh it's it's not my favorite keg i feel like Everybody learned what lap dancing was after the Elizabeth Berkley appearance on the David Letterman show to promote oh, Showgirls.
0: Not enough jokes about Laplanders, though.
1: <laughs> Where is Lapland? I don't know. Uh, you're
0: revealing my ignorance.
1: I, 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 well, I'm more ignorant. But we get to see Wiggum shooing off his animal friends. I feel like it should be better as Mo if Mo is saying goodbye to his rat friends. But I like uh, Rizzo and Cinnamon. Those are fun names yeah. for rats. By
0: the way, Lapland is in Finland. No comments. Delete the comment uh, okay. you already made as soon as I said, I don't know where it is. Please.
1: <laughs> and uh, then we get a reference to the tire fire, which... Discontinuity here. They say the there's a sign that says the Springfield tire fire was established in 1989. That's when the Simpsons series premiered in December of 89. We're in the 30th anniversary soon. Pretty exciting. But that's not what they did before. In the Flaming Moe's episode, when they first showed the Tire Fire, it was established as the 25th anniversary of the Tire Uh, Fire in 1991, meaning it started in 1966. So... They got that wrong and I'm wearing my genius at work shirt as I say that.
0: <laughs> I bet the writers are happy now that Frankie ex- exists because they could just type in Tire Fire and see <laughs> the amount of times they've referenced to be like, oh yeah, we did make this joke or that we said this about it.
1: It probably has eased up their job, I think. They just had to make these assumptions back then of like, well, we we had a Springfield Tire Fire, right? Well, when was it? Ah, forget it. Let's just say it started when the show started. The comedy of a long running Tire Fire that nobody ever puts out, That then the joke is, All they needed to do was spray it with a slight amount of water and it goes out. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, the IOC is seeing the sights of Springfield. They say that the sewer has never been cleaner, which I like the implication that Lenny and (coughs) Carl seemingly cleaned it personally. They're very
0: bashful about it.
1: (laughs) Even Burns is pretending that his nuclear power plant is a solar power plant, which I guess he's going to make a lot of money off the Olympics. That's why he got into it. And uh, I also really love the silliness of the line, we're willing to do anything, including but not limited to
0: anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, with the uh, the title The Old Man and the Sea Student in this uh, episode, I expected this to be like a burn show. I totally forgot he's barely in it. I want more burns. <laughs> and <sighs> this is this would be the second of three times that I can recall that they used The Old Man in the Sea to base a title off of. So oh, yeah. The Old Man and the Lisa... The Old Man and the C Student. And then in season 14, I think, is The Old Man and the Key. Oh. Which wow. is about Grandpa Simpson uh, learning to drive. Oh,
1: yeah, that one. Now, uh, yeah, you know what? Also, it's very generous to call Bart a C student. He is not, he's an underachiever. That's That goes under C level. He made a whole episode about his grades. <laughs> and a D plus was
0: the best he could do. Old man, the D student—you lose the pun, though.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I like uh, it. Almost sounds like lawyer talk of like including, but not limited to anything. And uh, yes, when they, I do like how approvingly the IOC all nods at the uh, the the woman in the bathing suit holding a Tommy gun and a uh, sack of money. That's a very funny little image there. They then get onto the presentation, and Homer is honored.
2: We've just chosen our official Olympic mascot. Oh. They picked Springy in your face, Patty and Selma. Well, we still love you, Siggy. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, That glue really gives it a pop.
6: And now, because the children are our future, here are the children of Springfield Elementary with a song they call The Children Are Our Future. Children?
5: (laughs) Children. Children,
4: future, future, are you ready for the children, whoa, 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 (laughs) the future is coming,
5: hey, 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 children, children, future,
2: future, I've never wanted a beer worse in my life, (gasps) I love you, honey,
4: are you talking to me or the beer,
2: Oh, you, my bubbly, long-necked, beechwood-aged lover. Children.
0: Gotta security
3: of anything specific.
0: Just the just like the platitude you hear from every politician or uh, authority figure where it's meaningless, but it's like, well, that is true. But I, I do like how the song is just like, children are the future, and also the future is coming. Those are the <laughs> two statements made in this uh in this statement. But I guess on the commentary, they're like, that's all you hear when you are, uh, you know, watching people talk about like future plans mm-hmm. and you know uh, politicians, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing it a lot more uh, when the you know election starts ramping up even more. So yeah, just a, a very generic platitude that everyone agrees with, but it also means nothing because yes, children will grow into adults. We understand that.
3: Yeah, it it sounds very already. 70s. It, it, I got kind of a schoolhouse rock
1: vibe from it. I do think Myers uh, George Meyer wrote this and and also choreographed, choreographed it as they yeah. say in the credits. Uh, and George Meyer famously hate love hates up with people, so I think it's a little bit from that kind of positivity bullshit of the seventies. Yeah, and
0: I also feel like it wants to be a Rollin on the River uh, oh, parody, yeah. but they didn't get the rights to the music, so it's sort of a sound alike parody.
1: I, though I remember this sentiment, I, it felt really real to me in '99 when I first saw that. Cause I felt like in elementary school, we had to sing stupid songs like this in chorus uh, that were just about like general principles of children are the future and hope and all that. Uh, that maybe had just a tiny bit of better take care of the planet. It's for your kids' future type things. Yeah. Posh and Screamshaw. Nobody listen to that one.
0: Adults projecting their wishes for you onto you. Mm hmm.
1: I, I think children are not the future now. I think the future is just uh, rising seas. That's mm. that's the future.
0: Boats are the future. <laughs> Find one today. Like
1: the end of this episode. Yeah, I just love how banal... It is. I that's That was one of our longest clips ever. I'm sorry for how long it was, but I wanted people to enjoy the full banality of children, future. <laughs> oh, God. And yes, the dance moves are just... They're the kind you would teach a child. Like a child Very can simple. only learn so much. Yeah, I think too. This comes from Julie Thacker's own distaste at having to sit through these kind of things. I, I almost at first reads when March takes the beer out of her purse that she thinks it's for her, like she's going to drink it. And when Homer takes it, that's when she's angry. Mm. I think they maybe mistime the animation that she should act angry when he starts to describe it, but instead she acts angry the second he takes it. Uh, so okay. it looks more like he just took it from.
0: Her. I, I didn't notice that, but yeah, I guess the anger came a little too early.
1: So once the song is over, seemingly Springfield has it in the bag. There is no reason for anything to continue. Skinner is so stupid. That's Skinner is really out of character here too, though. That like Bart is the last person in the world he should trust, and he's the kind of fuddy duddy who would not like Bart's sense of humor.
0: Skinner is the guy who put all the bullies and Bart in the basement while the Chalmers was yes, visiting. Yeah,
1: yeah. But here instead they write Skinner is just a complete moron who really loves Bart's death comedy jam as we see here in this next clip.
6: It gives me great pride to officially declare the next Olympics will be held right here in Wait, wait, we have one more act. The patriotic comedy stylings of Bart Simpson. Oh,
4: thank you, thank you. So, uh, you're from Russia, huh? Duh! You drunk yet? Duh. <laughs> Poland, eh? <laughs> Too easy. How you doing, Germany? Here's my impression of an East German woman. Kiss me or I'll crush you.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're all thinking. I'm not thinking that.
4: Hey, Swiss Miss. <laughs> There's no missing you, babe. <laughs> Lay off the cocoa.
5: Yeah! <laughs>
4: To say one last thing to our Olympic representatives. If there was a medal for horrible audiences, you'd get the gold. Peace out.
1: So, yeah, Bart, I mean, he even in Chris Rock late 90s form says peace out and drops the. Oh, uh, that was a Chris down. Rock
0: uh, maneuver?
1: Well, Chris Rock definitely did the mic drop. Okay. Like, now everybody talks about the mic drop, but it actually was uh i at least he popularized it i don't fully know how the mic drop began but there's like he definitely popularized it
0: there's a really bad uh mic drop clip out there i've seen it's about a decade old right now but it's uh i think it's carlos mencia who does it or just like you know we've had a lot of fun tonight but just think this could all be gone one day like just becoming like super maudlin and then he drops the mic and walks off stage after this like very maudlin speech about like treasuring what you have and living in the present and stuff like that just like whoa uh, this is not your, your routine, dude.
1: <laughs> he should have just ripped off Chris Rock and then yeah. peace out and dropped the mic. That uh, I, So yeah, Bart's whole routine, too. He only makes fun of white countries as well, which, uh, good good move there yeah. on the writer. Well, he didn't
0: get to his eubangy routine. Oh so uh, yeah, hey, Thank I've, goodness. They, we all knew about Lake Titicaca, mm-hmm. but we didn't really know about Ubangy yet.
1: That's true. It's a deeper cut. Well, yeah, the, so the next scene where they talk about all these funny city names. It just feels like, uh, I don't know, like too juvenile for the show. Just like uh, Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I, I
0: did like hearing Chalmers say all that, not knowing that Bart could easily turn those into jokes.
1: Sure, sure. That is funny.
0: Ball Bart. State, yes. <laughs>
1: I do like Bart passing on Poland. Like, that was funny. though. The And the Polish guy, I looked it up. His outfit is almost exactly the same as the Polish outfit that... Bill House wears in the Model UN for that joke. Oh, no wonder I messed it up.
0: And I guess, so yeah, uh, Chalmers was born in New York, uh, then went to college at uh, Ball State Indiana, and then lived in Pennsylvania. So he was just living in the Midwest for a bit. Mm. And I looked it up, and I was like, okay, Intercourse Pennsylvania is real and it's a real town in pennsylvania famous for like uh amish stuff uh, and famously its signs are stolen all the time because it just says intercourse really big <laughs> and uh it didn't used to be called intercourse used to be called something else but uh apparently the origins of the town name are uh mixed up it doesn't mean sexual intercourse i think it means like the meeting of two roads like the intercourse of uh, two roads uh, yeah that makes sense uh but of course we know what eventually we only associate intercourse with one thing now mm.
3: Sex!
0: Exactly. <laughs> Which is why it's funny when you read... Uh, when I read old books... Uh, and the word ejaculated is used to say, "I." he exclaimed, like, what are you doing? He ejaculated. Like, so he said that, then he came. What's happening here in this book?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, that one really changed a lot. I uh, uh got to say, Bart's about 10 years out of date doing an East Germany joke. So yeah. it. Uh, the, the wall has fallen a long time ago, Bart. Uh,
0: the wall fell like uh, the year he was born in this timeline.
1: Oh, yeah. For him to be 10 in 99. Yeah, you're right. Also, though, I do like, I think of this, that bit sometimes when I think of the conversation concept of comedy and stand-up of homer saying he says what we're all thinking and marge insistently going like i'm not thinking that like that's <laughs> uh, a good thing to keep in mind about uh about stand-ups today
3: bart simpson would very much have a netflix special called triggered
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah uh an unsafe space with bart simpson and the netflix image would be just the mic being dropped like uh, can you handle this you can't
1: take this hot truth <laughs> Uh you see that thing with Pete Davidson, man. The, I didn't even you know. want to click on the
0: link. I just read the headline and I, I just I can't go there. <laughs> I I can't torture myself with this. I read
1: the whole article. If you go to a Pete David one of these Pete Davidson shows, you sign a million dollar NDA that if you tell anyone about stuff he did or the jokes he tells, then you can be sued for a million dollars.
0: Does okay. he just really want to say the N-word and be protected? Uh,
1: I don't know. I mean he uh, apparently in the last couple of years, he did some thing in a college that didn't go well. And he definitely yelled at the college students that they were too sensitive and they were ruining
0: comedy. Isn't he like 13 years old also? I know.
1: <laughs> he's a child. Like, he's way younger than us. And I think he's had some problems, yeah. let's say. I think he's going through some... Uh, Exhaustion issues these days. <laughs> Note that
0: Henry was too. making the drinky, drinky motion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough mean things about him. Let's talk about Jan Murray. No, not really. Uh,
0: he's a Borscht Bell comedian, mostly famous for hosting uh, game shows in the uh, 50s and early 60s.
1: I couldn't recall one bit with it apparently he has like a bit part in history of the world part one but i couldn't even find a clip of that
0: yeah and then he was an actor but i mean like game shows went away for a while until the 70s because of all the scandals so Uh, all the game shows he's part of were just never rerun like the 70s shows and onwards are the ones that we see reruns of and the ones that are parodied more
1: i like that chalmers brings him up though like he's trying to think of a comedian he says jan murray of all people who was still alive when this episode aired uh, Passed away, I believe, in 06
0: Yeah, like 90, so two, uh, 89 years old Pretty uh, good Same age as the, our other guest star who died oh, When he right. died, they are both yeah. 89 I I, cut, I tried to find a clip of his stand-up All I found was a clip of him At um, Milton Berle's th- 93rd birthday party Just oh, like, wow. I'm one of Milton Berle's oldest <laughs> friends <laughs>
1: Literally
0: uh, And boom. then uh, his heart died And he oh. passed out <laughs>
1: I think he outlived Milt, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Milton and like died right after that Critic episode he was in, remember?
1: Oh, no, he was into the... I remember him being on The Daily Show. Really? Okay. He's being babysat by one of his wives or something (laughs) on that. Anyway, uh, yes, so the kids are in trouble, and they get assigned to some community service in this next clip.
6: All right, Martin, for your community service, you'll be setting up a midnight basketball program for inner-city street games. (laughs)
4: Gang, shirts and skins, let's hustle!
6: (laughs) Millhouse, do you like the beach?
4: Who doesn't?
6: Good. I want you to pick up all this medical waste that's washed up on the shore here.
4: Ow! I pricked myself!
6: Well, just keep working. You'll prick yourself with the antidote sooner or later.
4: (sighs) What are you gonna do to me?
6: Bart, not all community services, gang warfare, and dangerous infection. And to illustrate that point, here's where you'll be working.
4: The fireworks candy and puppy dog store.
6: No, 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 next to it.
2: Settle a bit. Boil or mole?
0: It is really unfair. It's a very teacher manager thing that Skinner punishes all the students for something that Bart did.
1: Yeah, that's true. Something that Skinner did. I actually yeah. Skinner
0: allowed to happen. But yeah, I thought like after I got out of uh, grade school and high school, this uh, you know making everyone suffer for one person's crimes would end. But it followed me throughout my entire working career. In fact, uh. I think in Henry and my's last job, like one person screwed up and we were all punished for it. I forget yes. what even happened, but I was just like, this is still happening to me. I'm in my mid thirties.
1: No, that uh, drove me crazy. Well, I won't name names on it, uh, but there was one junior staff member who was not doing a good job of writing articles, honestly, because he was just fully untrained and just tired, not ready to do the job, Uh, but the entire team of editors for the site were treated like they didn't know how to write articles or find news. And so he we went through an over-an-hour-long meeting to talk us uh, through
0: how to do news articles. And like, okay, time. well, this is Reddit. You just type in write it in your search bar, and look, you can find all the stories here. You can write about anything you see on this page. Yep. Like, yeah. I've been writing articles for 20 years.
1: But, uh, that was uh, one of many last straws. Yeah. A collection of a bale of last straws, I guess you'd say. I
0: just, I don't get that technique, why people haven't learned. It doesn't make you upset the person who screwed up it makes you resentful of the authority figure mm-hmm. it never works well
1: and also in those situations i i heard this that like the person who the people okay the way when you punish everybody too it makes people who are doing their jobs correctly but who over worry think they're not doing their jobs correctly and then the person who's not doing their job correctly they think that they're still doing it right so they think well this isn't for me to learn like you just have to be directing these things but i mean managers are a spineless a lot so mm-hmm, they, they don't are. give a shot i am really relieved they didn't show the street gang members on screen that yeah was, uh, that is a real minefield of what they would have drawn there so
0: one of the darker millhouse uh, injury jokes is uh, you'll prick yourself with the antidote sooner or later that's just us uh, i mean we get this joke and then the spring uh, in the eyes joke very mm. soon like two like very uh, deeply violent and disturbing gags
1: Being stabbed with medical waste is a very horrifying joke. And it's also a very, like, feels like 90s Los Angeles joke, too, especially. I feel
0: like it's coming close to an AIDS joke of the time. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close, I'd
1: say, yeah. Yeah, I do like the line, though. Not all community services, gang warfare, and dangerous infection. <laughs> I feel like if Skinner really wanted to punish Bart, he would have given him that, not the old folks. On the old folks, Millhouse would be uh, ecstatic to do the old folks home instead of stabbing himself with medical waste all day. Again, talk about jokes that are kind of repeated. If you remember everything that was on the way to the box factory, yeah. they didn't combine that into one store, the fireworks. Uh, candy and puppy dog factory
0: and the fireworks factory was in the poochie show too oh yes yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so uh more retreads of jokes there and also though you got to expect that bart is going to run next door to the puppy dog fireworks place the second he gets dropped off there like he's not doing this job
0: so i think like uh, uh so uh, on the way to the box factory was the fireworks testing range and the slide factory
1: ah okay yeah all right No puppy dogs in that case. It's just fireworks factories are just on the mind there, though. There's
0: one thing puppy dogs love. It's
3: fireworks. They love it. They're
0: right next to the fireworks factory. (laughs) It's a bad idea.
1: So when Bart enters the place, they starts pinching at his young skin as Julie Thacker remarked on that reality it's uh it's a funny drawing of bart's stretched out face it kind of reminds me of brazil the, mm. uh, the the of the mother getting her face all stretched out i thought you
0: mentioned like we rarely see the simpsons characters gums oh yeah so it's weird to see pink gums in bart's mouth
1: and uh, yes lisa is there too and she uh teaches bart the ropes
4: no, Lise, they got you, too? Got me? What are you talking about? I've been volunteering here for a year.
2: Hello, let's hear some numbers. I got a nice diagonal going here.
4: B3.
6: You suck my battleship. <laughs>
2: <laughs> G52.
6: You sunk <took> my battleship.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a bingo. What do I win?
4: A banana. A whole one? Yep. That's the prize, a banana? Their natural mushiness prevents choking and promotes regularity They're not babies, Lisa Give them something fun, like cigars or booze We tried giving them eggnog at Christmas But it led to widespread deshawling
2: Well, that's what they get for wearing such tight little shawls
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, four o'clock, nap time (laughs) You tell them when to sleep? Shh, don't wake them While they sleep, we suck up excess dirt and crumbs. (laughs) Here you go. Make sure you get into every crevice.
0: I do like the Homer grandpa That's a funny
1: one. Yeah, I do like that. Is uh, all that loose skin pulled (laughs) into the... Uh, he's a pretty deep sleeper, not to wake up from that.
0: But again, in the in real life, they only got half a banana. and I assume it was cut up for them.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't expect uh, <laughs> Grandpa to eat that banana himself.
0: That uh, that widespread de-shawling joke that uh, came up. It did remind me of uh, I did read some news stories in the past about how like uh, there like STDs or STIs, whatever you call them now, are an issue at nursing homes because oh, yeah. people there still are sexually active. Mm. And uh, if you have herpes and have it your whole life, if you have an outbreak and have sex, you can spread, you know, disease. So, wow, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's uh, n-
1: Nobody wants to talk about this danger of STDs with old people because it makes you think of old people having sex. Yeah. Sex! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though what old Jewish man there is doing is sexual harassment, and that's not yeah. really okay.
0: <laughs> but our modern old people, uh, I mean, they're, they're our parents now. They're aging into our modern old people. They're not the shawl wearers of this era. I just yeah. wonder what our new uh, generation of old people will look like what well, we will look like when we're old. I assume mm-hmm. we'll just be wearing flannels and jeans and stuff when we're old man.
1: Yeah, I would think I'll keep wearing the same T-shirts uh, that'll really confuse the youngsters when I'm old. I mean, again, I think we're going to all be underwater. True, so true. Well, that, our, we'll be wearing scuba tanks. That's <laughs> what it'll be.
3: Well, young man, it's Han Solo and Chewbacca, but they're at they're drawn like Calvin and Hobbes.
0: <laughs> that Yoda's not even a baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, baby Yoda is the curse of your <laughs> uh
0: It's gonna destroy my brain. I just I can't deal with it anymore.
1: <laughs> I oh I also like on the commentary they talk about the, the line of the woman telling Bar like, where do you think you're going? Became a runner in the writer's room of just telling somebody, like, where do you think you're going if they're leaving early for work or something? Going
3: back to that uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest parody, parody in quotes, This, this nurse character comes in, looks like Nurse Ratched, but doesn't act a thing like the movie's nurse ratchet
0: no i don't even think she was written to be a parody of nurse ratchet they just needed an authority figure in the room and then mark Mm -hmm. was like uh, the director mark kirk was like we made her look like nurse Mm ratchet so i don't think that was in the writing of the character they just thought like oh this is clearly a cuckoo's parody let's have a nurse ratchet in the uh in the show
1: well this exact design of the nurse at the nursing home it wasn't exactly a repeat but if you remember in the hellfish episode the nurse is like the patients ch- ch- are trying. to oh, yeah, that it was a Ratchet esque design. I think pretty much uh, in this era of The Simpsons, if you told them to design a nurse, they would look like uh, it's some version of Nurse Ratchet.
0: She's much nicer than Nurse Ratchet. She says, "Don't play with the faces." To yeah, Bart.
1: she uh, she's she is m- far more respectful of Bart than uh, Nurse Ratchet is of Jack Nicholson's character. And she just wants to help these poor old people. I I like how, too, the second she says, it's nap time, they are all out, just in their seats sitting up up to go to bed or anything. (laughs) Uh, Also, I like that Jasper always says, you sunk my battleship, and everybody laughs every time at the same amount. He probably says it every time he says a letter.
0: At least they're happy. Oh, yeah. Part of the uh, Julie Thacker uh, experience that she went through for this episode was a lot of bingo. Oh, yeah. So... She lived I through like a lot bingo. of bingo. Bingo's
1: a good time.
0: I never played it, although it was a big money maker at my uh, Catholic school.
1: Oh, yeah. Bingo
0: for so. the old people. They, they do drag
3: bingo uh, one city down that I go to every couple of months. It's pretty fun.
1: Ooh, that mm. does sound like fun. Yeah, I I played bingo uh, on school trips, or I have played it at on a carnival cruise line on a family vacation it is that uh, never won obviously but the excitement you feel feel when you've got four filled up and you're like come on <laughs> say the next one like it is it's a there's an excitement to it i think that uh the pace of it is much more exciting than just like a one-off thing of like uh, cards or roulette of like uh, win or lose like the
3: the prizes can really Affect that too. It's, it's one thing to be playing bingo for like a McDonald's coupon, another thing to be playing bingo for like a sex toy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yes, that would that would make a big difference. <laughs> so the next thing the kids are reflecting on their work. Bart Bart is asked how his uh, first day of forced volunteerism went, uh, and I really like that. Marge just wants a life of consistency and no surprises. That that old people life sounds good, and I'm with her. I agree. Like it just sounds. No surprises, nothing. No bad news coming. You just you keep living out life. But that, but these—that's because they're the greatest generation who had all this money sitting around, or at least the white one. White people did from that generation. Just them. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they he- kept it away from all the other people. They didn't share. And then there's a knock at the door. Oh, also a very 50s sitcom style joke where Homer is saying like the the steak is tough and he's having trouble cutting yeah. through. That is a very like. Uh, believe it to beaver kind of joke great good steak honey yeah uh the doorbell rings homer runs off to get it very excitedly like a child i like when homer's written as a child uh and that's when he sees he's got a bunch of springs that he's having trouble selling which feels like a uh another retread of the sugar man Mm. uh storyline with homer
0: uh except in this one he weirdly opens the crate with a picture of Grandpa and throws it behind That's him. Really, that was, yeah, that
1: was the it. biggest laugh out of the whole episode for me. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was... Uh, then it goes to the next scene, the old folks' home, and they have the altered dialogue for Gone With the Wind, which also feels like a retread of what they did the season before with a Casablanca alternate ending of having a nice ending for old people. The
0: uh, the Hans Mullman line, though, really made it for me. Uh, didn't oh, this movie used to have a war? You've been <laughs> warned. <laughs> he
1: gets strong-armed away.
0: But it makes you think, like, what else did they cut out of Gone With the Wind? It has oh, to be like a 45-minute cut of that long-ass that movie. That movie's
1: too long, so I'm... I I think they made the right choice.
0: Oh, Red, Red, oh, Red, where will I go? What'll I do?
1: Frankly,
6: my dear, I love you. Let's remarry.
4: Huh. Oh, what a lovely oh, ending! Awesome. Yeah, they cut out the best word. Didn't that movie used to have a war in it? Come on, yep.
6: You've been warned.
4: (laughs) Picture yourself on a beautiful sailboat. Ah, can't you just feel the sea breeze in your hair? Or scalps? Hmm. Say, I hear a foghorn! Boring! Come on, Bart, we don't want to overstimulate these people. They just
0: had pudding.
1: (laughs) That's, again, very nice of the nurse ration there. You don't want to be too overstimulated when you're full of pudding. And
0: Bart is proven wrong eventually, so yeah. <laughs> she's right to feed them pudding and put them to sleep.
1: Uh, but man, the orderly's dragging Mole Man away. It has to be Mole Man. It wouldn't be... If it was Jasper or Abe who said that, it wouldn't be as funny. It's it's funniest that Mole Man is punished. This smallest. is really the
3: only time it feels like the people in the old folks' home are being... I don't know if oppressed is the right word, but are being talked down to, treated badly. Yeah,
0: patronized, I guess. I mean, the classic joke from the very first time you saw this, uh, the retirement castle was, please do not talk about the outside (laughs) world. So that's always been hanging next to the door from the very first time we saw it. Uh,
1: I also like uh, that Bart, obviously, is not a film connoisseur and he wouldn't know the end of this movie, except that it says the word damn in it. He would know that.
0: I'm sure that's what I knew about the movie the most as a kid. And probably even now is the Frankly My Dear line.
1: Other than that, there's uh, the only other line I remember from is one I don't want to repeat because it's uh, it's about babies. Yep, yeah, that uh, I don't feel comfortable saying (laughs) it. I've never watched the whole thing. It just feels like an endless movie to me. Even when it felt like something you had to watch to be part, know what's going on in popular culture. Now nobody references Gone with the Wind ever. Like it's just kind of lost.
0: All I know is like the damn line, and also the probably the reference of like panning over all the bodies oh yeah yeah but that's the yeah.
1: simpsons did that too exactly like, that's I why
0: i know it yeah.
3: i only hear it in reference to you know old hollywood racism along with uh, birth of a nation
0: oh yeah and the uh, as god is my witness i will never go hungry again that oh, line that's true yeah, yeah that's it but three things
1: and also I hear about it when people say that adjusted for inflation, it's still the biggest movie ever. Like is it got it sold the most tickets of any film. Because
0: ever. there weren't televisions or internets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the imagination sequence, that's that's nice. I'm glad the old people are even enjoying it too. Like they I would think they would be very uh Negative about it, and wouldn't wouldn't want to listen to some kid telling him what to do.
0: Thankfully, Abe is not having Pearl Harbor flashbacks during the scene.
1: <laughs> he seems to remember Pearl Harbor happily. Uh, but uh, yes, we then go to Homer trying to sell his springs. Very similarly, in the sugar salesman thing, he goes to Skinner's house to sell his springs.
0: This is the one time Skinner is really allowed uh, to be violent. Uh, since since that scene from um, Lisa the Beauty Queen where he's the Green Beret oh, yes. and he knocks yeah. out the Disney guys, this uh, repeated punching of Homer in the face is like uh, not the typical Skinner. He's been pushed to his limits.
1: Which also, again, blame yourself, Skinner. You put Bart on the mic. That's your fault. But uh, yeah, he punches Homer like four times in a row. I mean, it's a funny animation of homer springing back and forth but it seems like the that was their original thought and they're like well uh, who punches him came came mm. a little late copyright expired <laughs> now that's cool the way he, like he breaks some guy's like, like a justice tie yeah <laughs> but yes uh, then we get to homer decides instead of going door to door to sell it he'll sell it via pranks
2: boy lenny you sure look hungry have some nuts. Hey, thanks.
5: Ow, oh, my eye. Ow, oh, ow. Oh, 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 oh,
2: now, if you want to be the life of the party like Lenny here, just place your order for this hilarious novelty item. Homer, oh, get out of here. Oi, Moe, you sure look angry. Here, have some nuts. Hey, thanks. Ow! Oh, God, my eye. I'll oh, get it out. Jeez. Go! Oh, ow, oh, ow. Oh. Don't pull! Don't pull! I said, don't
0: pull! Don't! We're, we're getting to the uh, Lenny getting things in his eye runner. and Oof, uh, This is the first. I forgot yeah. that it ends like it escalates to them getting their springs caught on each other. And uh, <laughs> oh. I, I, I was surprised by how far that went. But I did laugh at uh, Lenny thinking he's supposed to pull away from Moe. He's <laughs> like, no, don't pull! Don't!
3: This is a borderline Ren and Stippy gag.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Hey, we've got to run a snippy writer on board oh, for this season, so you never know. God.
1: Well, it's funny, too, that in this scene, Moe and Lenny are injured equally, but it's the injuries to Lenny that continue. Mo, I mean Mo gets hurt every now and then, to but not like Lenny gets. Like in the very next episode, Lenny gets a coin stuck in his head that has a right. giant gusher of blood.
0: That's right. And
1: he's like, "Hello, ma'am."
0: Lenny is a fun character to hurt. I do yeah. like uh, isolating the audio. I do like hearing Harry Shearer going "ah" <laughs> in the background. It's very nice.
1: Let's make you laugh. Yeah, the God and then Homer. Like Homer's reaction to Lenny getting stabbed in the eye is him going like, "If you want to be the life of the party, like Lenny." <laughs> uh, and also, there's a really weird, like, super brief insert shot of the word "party nuts" just so you can read it. Yeah, in, in Homer's writing, which uh, that gets close to the Paul F. Tompkins classic bit about Peanut yeah. Brittle. Just, just look it up right now there, if you yeah.
0: haven't heard it; it's amazing.
1: But a uh, uh, continuity mistake there, though. I, I triple check this. Lenny gets it in his left eye. When it starts, but when he gets it tangled up with Mo, it's in his right eye. I think Mm. because... Lenny is on the right of the shot, and so if it's in his right eye, the spring doesn't cross over his nose, and it's better shot to draw. Yeah, but that's discontinuity there. There's a second spring eyes.
0: off screen. <laughs>
1: it, it switched eyes when we weren't looking. <laughs> it, it he's just that
3: clumsy. He's like, ah, I got it out. Now it's in the other eye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lenny is a great guy to hear screaming. I guess that's that's really why. The second they heard Harry Shearer screaming as Lenny, they're like, Ah, oh, we got to hurt Lenny more often
0: not Lenny
1: not Lenny uh so yes uh we then head over to the old folks home again and Bart has seen enough
4: (gasps) and who's waiting for us at the dock why, it's all your childhood dogs! I see Petey and Blackie and Schnoodle. And- oh no! Pirates! <laughs> Pirates! Ahoy, mateys! It's me, Long Bart Silver, and I'm gonna rip you a new IV hole. Hi! <laughs> Bart, what are you doing? I'm just trying to liven things up around here. These people need to ride motorcycles and play rock and electric guitars like the old people on TV.
2: Excuse me, but when those pirates boarded, I swallowed my wedding ring for safekeeping. Hmm. Get me some hippocack. I'd like to expunge it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, she's gone. Let's break out here and have some fun. Uh,
5: should we
2: ask uh, someone... If I get up, somebody will take my chair.
6: Got that right. It's the only one left with padding.
1: Padding. <laughs> uh, 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 the love of the padding they're all like yeah. i i i know that's like in a cheap place you're like there's only one chair with padding and i got it like uh in under it underfunded schools oh expunge that's a great yeah. word i i didn't know what ipecac was then i uh, uh it took a family guy joke to teach me what ipecac was
0: i knew that because it was part of uh, a puzzle in the curse of monkey island that's ah, how i learned what ipicac was okay which, uh, if you don't know, it's
1: a vomit-inducing drug. Yeah. It's, uh, it was the episode of Family Guy where Peter takes over the Jewish guy's pharmacy and he takes home Hippocac and they have a contest to see who can not vomit the soonest. And then it, it ends in basically all of them vomiting together. It's basically a giant vomit party on uh, Family Guy. What it, fun times. Very
3: early U2, there was the Hippocac challenge, oh. uh, which was basically that. Just racing to see who vomits last
0: Boy, good times. Good. At least we're doing that for charity now.
1: <laughs> uh, I again, I wish they'd have done more with Bart's. Weird commercial misconception of what he thinks old people act like because this is very much in the rapping grandma age yeah. of
0: I mean, TV. Uh, quote unquote, old Jewish man was in the Buzz Cole commercial.
1: Yeah, one <laughs> sip and I'm totally <laughs> hip. Uh, I I think they could have gotten more out of it. It would have been like Homer Homer wanting a crusty old dean at the college. Yeah, it would have been similar with Bart, but they they have to like. They have to have Cuckoo's Nest and then transition to Titanic, and it's just that's right. It's a lot yeah. of stuff mixed in here. It it just it's too much, too many metaphors or uh, to really deal with uh, any of them. The yeah, I guess
0: we could have lost one of the Homer Spring scenes if we going to fix this episode and uh, yeah. put in a commercial parody that would like brainwash Barton thinking like, well, this is what old people are like, mm. you know.
1: Uh, but then we wouldn't have had Lenny's eye. Damn
0: it! That's so. true. <laughs>
1: Uh, and yes, then we get the whole chief from Cuckoo's Nest scene. I think it honestly goes on too long, and we'd seen it done better twice before this in the well, show. What
0: surprised me, I think, a, a good addition was his re-entry into the, uh, the institution, which is a joke that has not been done before. That's true. When he comes yeah. back using the same method.
1: Though in 1999, I feel like one comedy writer went to a Native American casino and told all his friends about it, and then the next four years of cartoons and, and sitcoms were all like, the Indian casino episode. Like, it's just, hey,
0: I'm, I'm so tired of Indian casino jokes. It let you, like, dust off all of the, like, ancient uh, Native American jokes, like mm-hmm. making fun of the Native American names and things like that. So it was just a good excuse to, like, dust off bad jokes.
1: All your F Troop material can exactly. be <laughs> Uh, and though Prop 217, that's a reference to Mike and Julie's anniversary of oh, their first okay. dates. Very cute. Uh, February 17th. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? When I'm saying all these other references here, they also take about a minute for a Hard Day's Night parody on
0: top that's of true. all of that. Uh, the most famous version of that song, of course, covered by the New Rhythm and Blues Quartet, or NRBQ, Mike Scully's <laughs> favorite band. I, th- I honestly, I mean, I know they've been going since like the late 60s, but I think the Simpsons put them on the map for most people because Mm. Scully loved them and they've been in, what, like four episodes so far?
1: Yeah, just so far. Yeah. They they
0: are used so much. I mean, they're
1: a fine band.
3: They really had Money Can't Buy Me Love on the mind lately because the very next episode is titled... Monty can't buy me love.
1: Yeah, it always confuses me that these two episodes are back to back. On top of the constant use of "old man in the blank" uh, for episode titles to have this together, and the
0: UN and Olympic Committee uh, sort of similarities too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, they, it's a lot of similar ideas bouncing about in the uh, Simpsons writers' room, and to think of the money they spent on this too, like even a cover of a Beatles song is not cheap, even of their early ones.
0: I, I, think it's a fun idea. I don't know if it works because I think they are trying to simulate the fast motion, like the undercranked like footage in those old videos mm. and those old in that old footage. But it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work out with this kind of animation. Yeah, like,
3: too, too many obvious loops.
0: Yeah, like when Jasper and uh, Abe are fighting with like his leg and uh, Abe's cane, it it wants to do that undercranked fast motion you see in a lot of the old Beatles stuff, but it just doesn't work in this animation.
1: They even like run it backwards to yeah. redo the fight, which it just I get they wanted to read like a scene from Hard Day's Night, but yet instead just reads as them reusing something cheaply. Like, you have to remind yourself, like, oh, no, remember in Hard Day's Night they ran footage backwards to silly, to the music, to the, I, you know, though, I, Never seen Hard Day's Night in full. I've just seen clips of it. I just know this type of video techniques used by the monkeys when they had their yeah. own show that parodied this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, them uh, like going down the beach with like uh, fast motion. That's what I really think of when I mm-hmm. think of this uh, the style.
1: Cutting a ton of frames, which also is hard to do in animation too, or. It, uh, or then I mean, the slow mo floating as well that's even harder for them to, yeah. do that, that really, I think, doesn't read as well. Uh,
0: the writers are biting off more than the animation could chew, especially with a TV budget episode like this, yeah.
1: Though then the skate parks in the wheelchair thing, like, that just feels... It feels like them doing a joke about the thing they're mocking through Bart of his misconception of seniors. It's like, no, here here are the bodacious seniors. We're just doing a bodacious yeah. seniors joke. I
0: guess the show is not presenting that as the reality that Bart uh, wants to believe in. It's actually true.
3: And old people old people are cool. And, like, the reality is old people are cool just for, like, an hour mm-hmm. a day, maybe.
0: Until they need the medication. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then also with old people, it's the minefield of like, will they say something racist? You never know. Like, <laughs> it's a danger. Well though I did notice that the first time that the uh, one of the wheelchair seniors, it is the return of the, can I come to Oh, you're lady. right. Yeah. I think they realized they only had two design, old <laughs> character designs of an old person in a wheelchair. So they brought her back. So it's her second appearance, non-speaking. but She actually got to have fun. Finally, she she got let out of the retirement castle. Though actually, no, she was at the Hal Roach retirement place. I guess she's been moved over to the retirement castle since then uh, in Lady Bouvier's
0: Lover. She got to hear all about Abe's date from uh, <laughs> 10 years ago.
1: Maybe she was already at the
0: skate park. Maybe she's a regular.
1: Oh, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And I also do like they do pay attention to the continuity that Jasper has a wooden leg. That's I nice. Like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, and so Bart then decides to take things up a notch with a boat ride.
2: Oh, <laughs> today's grass is far sharper than the grass in my day. Hey, everybody! How'd you like
4: to go on a real boat trip?
5: Oh, oh wow. hey. I'm there.
2: Not a looker
0: among them.
4: Full speed ahead. Damn the torpedoes. What do you
2: say? Put on our tuxedos. Mm -hmm. I want some tuxedos.
0: They love that line, which is why it comes yeah. back later.
1: It's, uh, I mean, the construction is not the funniest of like telephone joke, but hearing old Jewish man say "I want some taquitos" is a funny delivery.
0: I think this is the first place that I actually heard about taquitos was this episode. So whenever I mm. see taquitos, I think of that. I want some taquitos.
1: <laughs> I've, I've never wanted one though. I've uh... just a
0: like, nice little roll of uh, beef, if you want to get beef in there. But I get them with beans and cheese. Oh, I see. Yeah, like a little, uh, little taco cigar. <laughs>
1: That sounds nice, but you could
0: it, make them in your beloved air fryer, Henry. Oh boy, that you can't stop talking about. All
1: right, I'm getting that. Uh, <laughs> s- uh, sorry, I'm an air fryer. No, actually, uh,
0: Henry hasn't talked about the air fryer over a month. I'm just, I'm kidding. A
1: little while. I uh, well, I did. I was inspired further by Bill Oakley. Uh, mm. the the, the he's the John the Baptist of air fryers <laughs> that's true me. Uh, but he's he's the one who turned me on to him and Simpsons writer Bill Oakley he talked about how he never liked Hot Pockets until he could make Hot Pockets in the air fryer and now he actually has them with some regularity
0: wow wow, sounds they're, dangerous they're
1: way better out of the I've started eating a couple Hot Pockets I've had them what, it, the, what is the, the air fryer
0: doing to us I don't think we're meant to eat them
1: I think it probably is definitely more unhealthy for us <laughs> I do think it is but I uh,
0: would eat taquitos if you made them in your air fryer.
1: I, I air fried some turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Even I've it's, seen a
0: few people doing that online.
1: It's pretty good. Uh, everybody talks about the dangers of, air, of frying turkeys, but if you do it with an air fryer, it's uh, it's still pretty
0: good. No more scaldings.
1: You gotta, Greg. You gotta get one of these air fryers. I'm telling you. <laughs> you you haven't heard me talk about this. <laughs> They're great. It's, I mean, it's a great holiday gift. If you want to surprise somebody with a gift they need, a $50 air fryer on Amazon or Walmart or whatever, totally worth it.
3: I'll put it on my Christmas list. Uh,
1: but Sea Captain seemingly is judging the looks of these people who he can't see. Like, Oh. Uh, but I guess we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> but how does he know what these people look
0: like? Maybe um, he's he's feeling them. He's touching. He's just touching he's their faces. Daredevil echolocation powers. There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then, in the next scene, Homer's using his springs to cook hamburgers. I didn't like this even when it first aired because I was like, it's just a countdown to him being lit on fire. Count- we countdown. all know this.
0: It's a grease fire. <laughs> yeah.
1: Though I would think his springs wouldn't even sit on the burner. It's just a cat like the the springs would melt when you place them directly on the burner
0: or just get really hot. Uh, mm. I, I, I like that Marge uh, puts out the curtains before Homer. She's very pissed off at him.
1: She's right to do that. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then Homer reveals that he's covered Maggie in Springs and he starts bouncing her around like a basketball. I do like M- Maggie's fear in her eyes. And and,
0: and Marge is like seriously alarmed at this. She's like, give me my baby back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, saying
1: my baby makes it even more intense. Yeah. I'm just like, this is not your baby. It's my baby.
3: Homer's humming the, we couldn't license the Harlem Globetrotters theme. Ah.
0: Uh, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. It's but, uh, sour Georgia Brown.
1: Well, just a year, within a year after this Bender will do this exact joke on Futurama of spinning around a thing in a a kitchen even. Uh, But yes, after Marge tells Homer it's time to get rid of the springs, we then have a classic jerk-ass Homer moment, I'd say.
2: Are you okay? Some second-degree burns, but some first-class burgers. Mm -hmm. I want
4: you to get rid of these springs.
2: But you haven't seen the baby of tomorrow. Ta-da! Ta-da! Now, if I drop her, no more tears! Give me my baby! Get up, Marge, I'm going to the hole!
4: I want these springs out of our house
2: today. You flush one down, it swirls around. 999 springs to flush down. You're not flushing those springs down our toilet, are you? Of course not. 996 degrees to bite down
0: 996 degrees oh, boy The scraping as they go down is just <laughs> it's perfect but it also makes me want to die uh,
1: Oh yes But
0: uh, I think they added the cartoony boing sound effects because Homer is like dropping his baby repeatedly in the <laughs> scene It
1: softens it a little bit I suppose I But man that, so this is what I don't like about Homer in that scene Marge directly asks him, are you doing this? Of course not. And then sings a song about how he <laughs> is doing
0: that.
1: Uh, He's like, you're not flushing springs. Of course not. 996 springs to flush down.
0: I and think it's the like, way
1: Marge just shakes her head of just like, why, why do I bother? <laughs> yeah.
0: Marge is not uh, being treated very well in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we head back to the boat there.
1: They're on the open sea. You see that Lisa has paddle boated out to meet up with Bart. And uh, I do... You know, calling her a sea hag, that's a very just like little brother thing. But I do like the design of Lisa distorted in the telescope.
0: And this is really where the, cuckoo, the, like, the very specific parody of that Cuckoo's Nest scene is happening here, uh, and that they're referencing it directly. Uh, the, the rest of the episode is just very vague Cuckoo's Nest stuff, but this is like, well, here is a scene from the movie, mm-hmm. but in that scene, they just have fun. There's no Titanic yeah. parody that, yes. that, that attacks them or whatever. In
1: this case, a Titanic parody barges into it with a little uh, gay joke layered on top here.
2: Oh, Abe, you
4: dance divinely.
2: I haven't felt this relaxed and carefree since I was much commander at Pearl Harbor. Aw,
4: jeez, this place used to be crawling with Russian subs. Now there's just four. (laughs) Ah! Seahead! Bart Simpson! Bart, are you crazy? You've got to get the old folks home to the old folks' home. No way. They're finally having some fun. How no can I go? That's it. Gee, Bart, maybe you're right. They don't even seem to care that it's medication time.
5: Medication time? Hot oh, dog. Oh, gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give but I've
4: set you free. No more nap time, no more bingo. You can do whatever you want. Let's play bingo. Okay, yeah, let's play bingo. Yes, yes, yes. You suck my battleship. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. this, uh, the show normally uh, kind of pisses all over old people, but they do come off as very sweet in this yeah. episode.
1: <laughs> Nobody, the, the meanest and old person is not this, is the like, where do you think you're going, lady? But
0: they're just very gentle and easily amused, and they just want to play bingo and go back to their routine.
1: They're big kids, yeah. Bart Bart should have heard them being... Wor- it's, it, honestly, knowing how negative the old people normally are the the fact they went along with bart's plans at all seemed kind of out of character for them uh but once they hear about medication they're all like no let's get back on that like we're just we were just killing i mean that also is a real shrug of a change in the script where the old people are like yeah we were just killing time till we got medication like oh all right i guess yeah. that plot's over with good <laughs> good 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 story <laughs> But yes, once they uh, get the promise of pills and bingo, they think they're going to head back to port. But then a little film called Titanic came out 18 months before I this mean, episode. I mean, I can both.
0: forgive them because uh, in just a few short months, Futurama, uh, the season premiere of yeah. the next of the fall 99 season, would be here's our Titanic episode. A news radio did it, it was the biggest movie, and everyone did their Titanic parody.
1: Animation takes a long time, I understand that, but Titanic came out in '97, all the awards were in '98, this is now 1999. It we'd all seen every single possible Titanic joke. But but I, I wasn't that excited for have it. Have you then. seen
0: Thumbtannic, sir? Uh, no. The best I, parody.
1: I passed by that on the shelf when <laughs> I walked by it. Uh, I got I got all I needed out of Thumb Wars. I was not uh, going to get Thumbtannic. It's no
0: bad Thumb. <laughs>
1: now, Smithies, you say you
0: painted all your Navy
6: buddies this way? Until I was discharged, sir.
0: Because <laughs> he's gay. I get it.
4: I don't get it, Grandpa. If you guys like all that boring stuff, why did you follow me out here?
2: Got to do something till Bingo. <gasps> right!
4: How could you miss that huge boat coming right at us?
2: Oh, two glass eyes.
4: Oh, it's not fair. I'm not supposed to die now. I'm supposed to die in a foolish motorcycle stunt at the age of 15.
2: (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! You're not dead yet, you pudgy little pisser. Jack LaLanne! Don't worry. I'll save you the Jack LaLanne way.
0: And that's basically all he says in this uh, episode, right?
1: Other than like, uh uh-oh. I think that's kind of it. But yes, that is the Jack LaLanne fitness icon, uh, bodybuilder extraordinaire. He was Arnold Schwarzenegger before there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and like...
0: the first fitness
1: celebrity
0: yeah fitness guru and like uh we are all kids of the 80s and 90s and we remember him most for appearing on shows just being like the weird too buff old dude yes uh yeah. who did a ton of stunts in his old age
1: or you'd see him on an infomercial or something like on on the critic they they joked about him doing a marathon while pulling a uh, train with his teeth Right,
0: yeah, he would often like pull things or swim across long distances, uh, in his like 40s and 50s and 60s. That's why he pulls this boat with his teeth, too. But I guess in 1984 was his last stunt at age 70. He, uh, handcuffed, shackled, and fighting strong wings and currents, he towed 70 rowboats, one with several guests from the Queensway Bridge to the long uh beach harbor in uh to the Queen Mary one whole mile. So he pulled uh 70 rowboats and one with guests one mile. That's pretty good at age 70, but pretty good. He was killed Uh. by what kills many men, toxic masculinity. So uh, I'll tell you how he died at 96. Did we play the death jingle yet?
1: Oh, yes. Let's play the death jingle for all of our uh, podcast guests who have passed away.
5: Death stalks you at every turn. Ah! There it is. Death.
0: So, died in 2011 at the age of 96. Uh, This is according to Wikipedia, and this is cited. Uh, He was 96. According to his family, he had been sick for a week but refused to see a doctor. They added that he had been performing his daily workout routine the day before his death. So, uh, see a doctor if you're old and sick, folks. Um, When I was, like, before I read the Jim Henson uh, biography, the really big one that came out, like, uh, six or seven years ago, I was like, oh, he had cancer, right? It's like, no, he just had a regular, like, flu, Mm -hmm. and he just never went to the doctor, and that's what killed him. It's like, he was just done, and he was 50, Jack Landon was 96, he was on his way out anyways, but still.
1: Man, boy, just being a tough guy... uh, you're gonna make me want to go to the doctor more. I, I don't, Henry. <laughs> I can't run this podcast network myself. Uh, I'm fine, Bob. <laughs> don't. I'm. I. I don't need no stinking doctor. Leave that sawbones alone.
0: <laughs> I don't like that doctor. Stupid. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> All I know is, if any of us get sick, our country will take care of us.
1: Oh yes, so not gonna be thrown to the walls. Uh, Jackalay. I do like too that Lisa and Bart instantly recognize Jack Jackalay and know exactly who he is. I mean, I'd seen him on, like, infomercials and stuff, too, as a kid. Like, he'd, he'd be on some fitness system or whatever. Uh, I think after the George Foreman grill, he was doing the Jack LaLanne juicer. I think that was one of his... Uh, they mentioned it on the commentary. They're like, oh, at the time of the commentary, he was still alive. And they're like, I just saw him selling some juicer.
0: And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at most of his stunts. Most of them involved him pulling boats uh, okay. while swimming.
1: Damn, they're really, you know, good, smart fit there. and. Looks like Jack LaLanne was definitely ready to to play around. Also, I saw that like he's kind of a Bay Area icon for being uh, Bob living in the Bay Area. His the first gym he opened, which was apparently one of the first gyms or gyms in uh, <laughs> in U.S. history, was open in Oakland, California. Oh, wow, Okay, yeah.
0: I think he was also so healthy and uh, you know lived so long because he was short.
1: Oh, uh, I tall see. people
0: like me suffer so many health problems from our tallness. It's not fair. <laughs> To be, to be compact, what a dream that would be. So comfortable in all the planes.
1: <laughs> but what kind of life is that? That's uh, is that really living? Either, yes, yeah. yeah. No, actually, man, I see, I see little people on planes, and I'm like, boy, I'd like to... Uh, I wish I was five foot one sometimes, at least when I'm on a plane, I wish I was.
0: Yeah, like my, uh, my girlfriend uh, in front of the show, Nina, she's a foot shorter than me, and I think we had to tell her, like, no, flying on planes is very uncomfortable. It's <laughs> like, what, you can't just curl up in a seat? Like, no!
1: <laughs> so yes, the boat hits them, they do the paint me like your French girls joke, which everybody was doing at the time, and of course they have it be a joke about uh, don't ask, don't tell as well, all the, because Smithers is gay, you see, and uh, that's unnatural.
0: But, and also Burns isn't naked, but Skinner is, uh, or sorry, Smithers is drawing him naked.
1: Yes, yeah. Which, at the very least, fits with how he's drawn nude in...
0: Brush with the Greatness, Brush right? with Greatness, yes. Including all you. the liver spots.
1: Yeah, yeah. His bony old behind is, uh, never looked better. <laughs> Gotta type. <laughs> the kids, uh think they're saved by Jack LaLanne, but Jack LaLanne just tears off the front of the boat. He's too strong. And uh, seemingly he just leaves them to drown. Then the boat capsizes in the Titanic style where they're all hanging on to the back of the boat. So it's fully a Titanic parody, not just the uh, smashing into it bit there. I'm
0: just thinking of all of the work the animators are having to do. Just like, okay, we'll draw a boat full of people sinking and then coming back up and then sinking again over and over again. You can do that, right? Make sure you can see all the people on the <laughs> boat, too.
1: Uh, Boy, that sounds really hard. Yeah.
0: yeah. And <laughs> and also bouncing on a bunch of springs.
1: Okay, wait. Let's talk about Sea Captain's Eyes. Let's talk about okay, this. Okay, finally. So... He has two glass eyes. This is established from now on. At the very least, you could say maybe he had one or both eyes in previous scenes. But at least from this point forward, he is established to have two glass eyes and he can't see anything. Let's remember this every time we see Sea Captain and he does anything that shows he has sight.
0: We're going to bring it up every time. I just thought this was a family guy joke because I remember there's a, uh, like a sea captain character in family guy who has four peg appendages and also two glass eyes.
1: Oh yes. So
0: I, I just remember two glass eyes being a family guy joke. So I was surprised when I saw it here.
1: I like him tapping his glass eyes with his corn yeah. cob pipe. That's
0: cute. Nice little foley in there. But
1: but yes, I mean they, they even joke on the commentary. They have not kept up with the joke that Sea Captain has two glass eyes, which again, he, that means you're blind. Yeah. It? But yes, uh, as all the old people are about to drown, Abe has a nice speech. This is all Bart's
4: fault. Let's
2: hit him. I blame him. I want some decades. Huh. Leave him alone! responsible for our deaths but he gave us the most fun we had in 20 years so before we go to our watery graves i stink to-
0: so like all those little people are just dead of pneumonia the next day right that's
1: the thing yes <laughs> even though they are splashed back up i would think the stress and the cold of all that water kills all of them they're almost definitely dead we can only hope Uh, Also, I mean, they also have to cheat a bit to, like, how far out to sea are they? And, like, the... Uh, you, you ask a lot more questions about the Springfield seaport I mean honestly the Mike Scully years are marked by the amount of times people go out to sea
0: it really is yeah <laughs> what's going on with that
1: and they're not on the honey bunch though I don't think I think that's uh, that's a the ship of lost souls is a different ship than mm. sea captain of
0: and then we'll have like weekend at Bernsey's, I think next season where they go out on the boat and then like kill everybody in the net under yeah. them
1: <laughs> do they all get rich and buy boats on the Simpsons it could staff, be the
0: middle aged or... boat years like the <laughs> midlife boat crisis <laughs>
1: But yes, the, the A and B plots at least dovetail together, as they say on the commentary of the the springs save all of them, and Homer's flushing the springs actually pays off. I do like that Abe's big speech is just can't ended too early by drowning. That's that's uh, at least a funny bit about it. And yes, we get to the end, and they have kind of a smaltzy ending that I think in a very ADR line, they try to add an extra joke in. Yeah, by, the by killing
0: story. Abe. <laughs> Seemingly. <laughs>
2: Ah, what a shame.
1: Not a looker
2: in the bunch. So, you working tomorrow at the home, Bart?
4: Well, I finished my community service.
2: Oh, right.
4: But I could swing by after school. I'll bring the limbo stick. Hot diggity! <laughs>
5: la, 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 la,
4: Hey, stop seeking the harness. Oh,
5: no!
3: This very last scene is for an episode about Bart and Grandpa's relationship, which this episode is not about.
0: (laughs) It's true. Like, uh, it was really about Bart. Like, so the episode is called The Old Man and the Sea Student. Presumably about one old man and Bart, but really it's Bart's relationship with the elderly in general. And then at the end, it's like, oh no, actually it was really about Bart and Grandpa. When I think uh, the Grum, the uh, Flying Hellfish episode was much more about that. Oh yeah, than this.
1: Yeah, this uh, it it just kind of pulls it out at the last second for like some schmaltzy stuff between Bart and Grandpa. Also, like, yeah, of course, Bart's never coming back to the old folks' home. Like, no way, uh, especially not after Abe drops him back in the water. Yeah, it's uh, it's just trying to pull out some pull at some heartstrings at the very last moment. It's not, and it isn't particularly earned.
0: And then it just smashes into a like uh, b- the Beatles parody where yes. it's they do the NRBQ cover, but it's also the Hard Days Night uh, record uh, cover with the Simpsons on it, which is it's cute, but it's just like, uh, like, sure,
1: fine. I think it was. At the end of the day, they spend all that money on the cover. They're like, we yeah. gotta we gotta play it over the credits too. So somebody design a Beatles parody cover. I mean, they love the Beatles in this era. Uh, the Simpsons, no matter who the showrunner is, loves to make
0: Beatles references.
1: I I I do think it's a good design on the Bart a Bart Days night, but though. I guess uh, I can't pitch a better parody there. Oh yeah,
0: was it Bart Days Nights? That's yeah. right.
1: I guess Bart and Hard kind of sounds similar. Kind of, yeah. You can way it works. I'd call it a Hard Day's Simpsons. That's what <laughs> I'd say. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, a real tangled episode. What uh, yeah. a like definitely feels like end of the year kind of thing. But there's there are funny gags in it. Lenny's eye injury is funny. Uh, there I want some taquitos. Uh, there's there's good jokes in this, but it's a it's a real messy episode.
3: Yeah, there's good things for a clip show, but it just does not gel together.
0: What I like is uh, I'm kind of nostalgic for jokes about this era of old people who are all dead now pretty much. <laughs> if they're not dead they're uh, they're kicking off as we record this. but uh, I do enjoy that. I also think the Scully years don't do a lot with old timey jokes. So it's, it's fun to see them again, because I think the Harvard guys, uh, the Harvard showrunners, and Dave Merkin, too, they really love the, uh, both the old-timey jokes and the cruelty-to-old-people jokes. Yes. And yes. Uh, we see that a lot here, which is mostly missing from Scully. Like Burns is barely a character in Scully's years. Thankfully, we'll get an episode with him next time, but it's just fun to see Burns again, even for like two jokes. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, you've been our guest. Please talk about uh, your amazing YouTube channel, what you're doing, where we can find it, and how we can support you.
3: Uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel called Pop Arena. The main show I do on there is Nicknacks, which is a chronological look at every single show that aired on Nickelodeon. Uh, it has other programs too. I'm also uh, talking about uh, the Goosebumps series by R.L. Stein. I talk about uh, some very geeky subjects like Doctor Who. Uh, but predominantly, Nickelodeon history. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at pop underscore arena. And I have a Patreon if you are uh, exceptionally rich and feel like uh-huh. giving money to people who talk about cable.
1: <laughs> i i give to your patreon me it's, too it's well worth it we we both we really enjoy all your stuff
0: i hardly endorse it i think it's funny i retweeted somebody who said just like uh you like i will not watch a three and a half hour scorsese movie but i will re-watch the same two-hour youtube video over and over again <laughs> so i think mm-hmm. that's really what i do with yours if i'm like oh it's time to eat lunch i'll watch the dennis the menace uh, knickknacks again <laughs> Can you, can you like tease any of the ones that you're working on or coming up over the next few months?
3: Well, uh, like I said earlier, the Nick at Night episode should be done by the time this uh, podcast drops. After that, we hit 1986, uh, which will give us a couple of odd shows, a couple of attempts to bring old 50s television off of Nick at Night. On to Nickelodeon. Uh, but what excites me the most, uh, we got a couple of animated shows coming up. Uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold Ooh, and yeah. Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea. Two very, oh yeah, very odd, interesting, and fun shows that uh, I'm very looking forward to talking about. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to all the anime. Actually, uh, when I was in Vancouver recently, I think Henry and I were having an exchange on Twitter about... Uh, the two shows on Nickelodeon about koalas that were anime: so, The Adventures of Little Koala and also The Nuzzles. Yeah, Newzles. Newzles, Newzles, sorry. <laughs> Nuzzles, Nuzzles. Sorry, Nuzzle is a yeah. word. Nuzzle is a fake word.
3: Yeah, uh, Japan had like this huge koala boom. I think they they got a koala uh, at one of their zoos, and it became extremely popular. And so they started making koala based media.
1: No, you're uh, all the anime ones have been my favorites. I think because watching them for me at least, has been this like return of memories that I had completely forgotten of just like my ages four, five, and six. I didn't remember when or how I watched these shows, but when I see the Little Prince opening or just like certain moments from it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember all of this now. And like to know the the background on those productions – I, I learned so much. You really put in the research, Greg, and uh, like mm-hmm. it shows. Like so, thank you so yeah. much for all you do on Pop Arena.
0: And in case our listeners are on the edge of their seats, I think we agreed that the Adventures of Little Koala is a superior koala show. Yeah. Henry, you won me over. I watched Yay. the intro and I was like, oh, it's the blue penguins. I love blue penguins in anime and video games. That's all. I don't
3: think I agree, guys. Uh, we'll oh, we'll see. I'm,
1: I'm a newsels man. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see. Yeah, when you get when we get to 1988. We'll see yeah. what happens.
0: But, uh, but thank you, Greg, so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks again. So thanks again to Greg, and make sure you check out his YouTube channel, Pop Arena. He's got a lot of stuff on there, but we're obviously big fans of the Nick Knacks episodes that he does. And if you want to hear more of Greg, he was also on our Doug episode of What a Cartoon.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun to talk a Nick show with Mr. Nick Knacks.
0: And I think he said he'll get to it in like five years. There's so much <laughs> before Doug, but I can't wait. But as for us, if you want to support our show and get all of our episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash simpsons if you sign up at the five dollar level you'll get just that but also access to all of our exclusive paywall episodes including all of our mini series and so so much more too much to mention in this final wrap-up of our podcast here but i will tell you we are currently uh reaching the end of talking futurama season two part one 10 episodes of talking futurama season two to get you through the end of the year that's all happening on the patreon and also over a hundred bonus podcasts that you haven't heard Mm -hmm. if you have not been on the patreon yet But Henry will tell you what happens if you sign up at the $10 level. You'll get access to everything at the $5 level, of course, but also one extra long podcast every month. Our most recent one was over four hours long. Please, Henry, let people know what that is.
1: Yes, if you enjoy our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, but wish we talked about a feature-length film, we do that once a month for our $10 and up Patreon supporters. That's the What a Cartoon movie, where we talk about a different movie Each month, most recently, we did Toy Story, the Pixar original, Four hours and 15 minutes of chat about Toy Story. We did a ton of research. We did a ton of talking about this classic film for its 20, well, close to its 25th anniversary. Uh, And I think you'll really enjoy hearing that. And over 36 hours of previous What A Cartoon movies that you can only hear in full if you sign up at the $10 level or up your $5 pledge to 10 bucks at patreon.com slash talking simpsons.
0: So I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I have another podcast, by the way. It is called Retronauts to Classic Gaming Podcast. Find it every Monday and occasionally on Friday at retronauts.com. And I should bring up the fact that our uh, Twitter account has recently been revamped. So you can follow us on Twitter, our podcast, at Talk Simpsons Pod. We'll keep you updated there as well if you want to follow that along with our Twitter accounts.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter at H E N E R E Y G. I'm sure to tweet whenever new stuff comes out or when I promote stuff like I promote our upcoming SF Sketchfest show. If you're in the Bay Area on January 14th, Tuesday, 8 p.m. at the Piano Fight Bar, me and Bob, and maybe a special guest, mm-hmm. will be talking about. Season 1 Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the first season Of The Simpsons We're going to be doing it live, 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 live At SF Sketch Fest That's January 14th Tuesday night, 8pm At the Piano Fight Bar in San Francisco
0: Please check it out And get your tickets now because it's a rather small venue And our our first show there was basically Standing room only Yes, for you Sketch gotta Fest. move
1: fast, buddy
0: Yes. So uh, that's it for us this week We'll see you next week with Monty Can't Buy Me Love And we will see you then
2: You too, Rizzo. Oh, Cinnamon, don't make this harder than it already is.